on episode 63 of Pixel Gaiden. Cody enjoys some modern Vectrex games. We have an arcade game show. Tim cleans a floppy disk. Eric shows off a toy from his past. We open a video game grab bag on air. An 8-bit micro-boxing battle. Ninjas, Cthulhu, and hockey, oh my! Cody screws up the audio. And Eric and Tim screw up the rest of the show. Dum, dum, da, dum, dum. Eric. It's the Olympics, baby! Tokyo! Tokyo 2021! I don't know if they use that same song, like, all around the world. It's probably just the one that they use here uh, in America. That dum, 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 dum. Do you know the name of that song, by the way? I had to pick, I had to learn it so I could do my segment last month. I have no idea. It's called Bugler's Dream. It's like a chunk right in the middle. I would have never guessed that. Anyways, if you're looking for retro video game (laughs) or retro-inspired video game fun and news and information and talk and discussion, you're in the right place, Eric Nelson. I thank you, Cody Hoffman. Because you found your way to Pixel Guide in, and we talk about all those things and beer. We're excited. Um, we're excited this episode. We're always excited. We're, we're fresh. We're just, you know, we usually record two at once, and lately we've been doing one episode uh, a night. So it's a little <laughs> refreshing, different. different. Yeah. Uh, coming up in this episode, mm-hmm. um, we are going to, of course, catch up like we like to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is going to be a Cody's Corner segment. I am going to yeah. discuss modern Vectrix games that I, physicals that i own and love awesome um, and of course uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the one i released last month uh the youtube video i released on cody's corner uh where i talked about modern c64 games yep that was a good segment so this month i will be releasing the vectrix one also in video format perfect um please check those out i'm actually getting uh some pretty good feedback from the few people who have been able to watch them yeah um, I think they're worthy of many watches myself. It's going to take a while to catch on. We're going to get some, we're gonna get some more uh, followers there. <laughs> get so, some traction. Click subscribe and like. And uh, ring that bell. Whatever yeah, that ring means. That I bell. really don't know what that means. I have no idea. Uh, we are also, of course, going to have our buddy Tim on the show, fellow co-host. Yes. Uh, and he is going to join us for a game show. And who's, who's running that? Me. Tonight? I have a, on a very special episode of Pixel Garden. <laughs> a very special episode. Eric does the game show. Yeah. And uh, we are going to do a battle of the systems. Yes. <laughs> you, you had to I, think, I had to about, think about it. We, we keep <clears throat> messing that up. We keep mixing it oh, up. I got but... it right, so I'm sorry I, that I got it correctly. Yeah, this one was a weird one because I suggested, I think, I'm the one who suggested boxing games, but I, in my mind, I was like ready to rumble, you know, like, like more 16-bit era, yeah. Dreamcast era. And then... And then all of a sudden we do like these these eight bit ones. Frank Bruno on the C sixty four and uh, Barry, Barry McQuiggan. Mc- Barry McQuiggan. McQuiggan. Is that right? Mc McQuig. Now I don't. If you're a boxer, yeah, named like Mike Tyson, yeah, or uh, uh, 
Muhammad Ali, are you going to just shake in fear when you hear the name Betty McQuiggins? <laughs> and welcome to the ring, Betty McQuiggins. Exactly. <laughs> he was probably like a really good boxer and people are really offended right now. And I'm sorry, the name, I just, I don't know the guy. Well, he has a whole game named after him. He has I, I, to don't be a big have deal. A, I don't have a game named after me, Eric. It's kind of a big deal. Uh, although I'm a little upset because I've noticed your name in a couple of Commodore 64 games recently. My name? Yes. Yeah. I'm a per- I, my name is not in any games. I'm a pretty big deal. You are kind of a big deal. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> um, please know that we are also part of the Amigos Retro Gaming Network, so please check out the other shows. Uh, of course, the Amigos, everything Amiga. ARG presents Sprite Castle, where they talk about, uh, where Flack talks about C64 games exclusively. Yeah. Uh, R. Sinclair, which is a ZX Spectrum-specific podcast. The Coco Show, which talks about the Tandy Coco. And 1200XL, which talks about all the 8-bit Atari platforms. Check yeah. those out. Um, the Megathon apparently just happened. Uh, at the time of this recording, it has not yet happened, but apparently it just happened. Although I, I do know it's already raised a lot of money, so thank you everyone who uh, joined the Amigos for that um, and all the hosts that participated and made content for 24 hours straight we donated as a podcast which means you the listener should donate to it if you if we can do it you can do and it. you can still donate even though it's done you can donate go That's to right. amigathon.com and uh the proceeds go to the aid of extra life playing games to heal kids eric yeah i got some quick questions quick questions Uh, the first question that we have was the community question. And if you are on our Discord server, yeah, um, by becoming a patron of the show and uh, donating a couple bucks each month, you can get access to the Discord server. More details to follow on that. You will also become um, part of the community quick question that you can answer. Yeah. Uh, so the quick question I, answer, er, I asked this month was, were cover discs or tapes cover tapes a big part of your childhood and i think this is very um location specific it it, i I think so at at least tapes were i mean tapes were much bigger deal in the uk but i i I saw cover discs quite a big bit here attached to magazines and things like that so if anyone here is too young to remember right you would be able to get um again a lot in the uk but some here in america too Either a magazine that had plastic over the top of it, and if you opened it up, there'd be a CD in there. Right. Or a floppy for the Amiga, or even tapes for older computers. Yeah. Um, and then in my case, we'll talk about it more, but there's also just CD magazines that you would actually subscribe to, and you'd get an, a CD to pop in your computer with articles and sound files and games and apps and all kinds of just stuff every month. Yeah. Uh, so let me read some some answers to this real quick. Uh, so Rob Flack O'Hara from the Sprite Castle podcast says he doesn't remember playing any demo floppy disks. Uh, anytime he ran across one of those Commodore Compute uh, Gazette floppies, he would immediately format it and fill it with wares. Right. So he was using it for the format itself. Uh, then he'd notch the disk and put wares on the backside. Yeah, you could do that. So I did that a lot. Again, for those who are who are younger than myself. Uh, if there was no physical cutout little notch, like a chunk cutout of the floppy, then you could record on one side. Is that correct? Yeah. So when you bought a floppy disk, it had one notch in it. Yep. And that meant you could record on one side. If you flipped it, 
and notched the other side, you could record on the other side. But if you want to write protect it, you just put tape over the the notch, and then yep. you can write protect it. Just like um, again, for people who are younger than me, cassette tapes that you listen to music on had yep. a little a little hole in the top, mm-hmm. and you could either that's right cover it or or break the tab. Yeah, a little tab. Now, now I will say that, and Tim would call these the posh kids. The posh kids would buy a little this little thing that you could you could notch the disc out. Yep. Like it was a little device, like a like a hole, a punch, hole punch, but it was yeah. made specifically for floppy disks. If you were like me, a non-posh kid, non-posh. I would just take a pair of scissors and eyeball it. Yeah. Like, I, like I'd say, okay, the notch is on this other side. <laughs> I'd line it up and like make the notch with a pair of scissors. And if you were a little smarter, you'd just take another disc and That's right. not, not I, eyeball it. I wasn't that smart. I was non-smart <laughs> and non-posh. Uh, he finishes to say the only demo discs he got were for the original PlayStation. Uh, I had one with the first level of Tomb Raider and the first level of Crash Bandicoot. I played them over and over until eventually I got those games. So, who was that? Who was that? This is Flack. Is Rob. Oh, Flack still. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mr. Boat of Car himself from yep. the Amigos chimed in and said, I'm sure anyone with a BBS uh, connection who was gray area minded, quote unquote, would have a little use for cover discs. However, cover discs were a major part of my childhood. Before I got an NES, the only time I got quote-unquote new games for the Atari was from the cover discs on Antic Magazine. Uh, Amigo Aaron said, PC Gamer was my number one source of demo discs. Loved that magazine. When I got into the Amiga, I really liked Amiga format. Those great cover discs. And Hermski chimed in. Uh, Cover discs were great. I never really used any of the data on them. All they got used for, you know, what I'm talking about, dot, dot, dot. That's right. We've heard this before, huh? Yes. Uh, he does say he'll go a step further and mention his history with tapes. My favorite tapes were not the tapes that accompanied magazines, but the ones that replaced the magazine. It's, uh, so it's kind of like what I'm talking about with tapes. Right. Uh, I love the 1648 tape magazines, which I am in the process of cataloging. Uh, through my back to 8-bit with Hermski YouTube channel. So he got a little plug in here. Look at that. Look at that. Cheater. Good for him. <laughs> uh, our cohort, Tim, said for us in the UK, cover tapes and discs were very popular in the late 80s, early 90s. I remember Zap64 did the Zap sampler tape, uh, and that was the first I can remember from 1987. It had some demos, a special version of Gribbly's Day Out on side A of the tape, and on side B, an audio track by Ron Hubbard, that is a remix of the Sanction tape, which, of course, Tim's handle is Sanction. Loves that game. Um, loading music called Thala Music. Cover discs were king for me on Amiga format, Amiga user. And uh, they have basically, he said there's a lot of public domain discs that, or games that came on those discs. And he got sent us a few pictures of the tapes, actually. Wonderful. A uh, couple more real quick. Lobsterminator said, We didn't have a domestic cover disc scene in our magazines. Uh, I believe he is US-based, USA. Right. And the import UK mags were pretty expensive, thus a rare treat. I was more into mail-order PD discs, public domain, uh, which Sanction mentioned. I ordered many of the public domain games and fish disc type stuff. What's that mean? There's a, there was a thing called the Fish Collection. Um, it was on the Amiga. And it was the Fred Fish. Was that right? Yeah, Fred Fish. Fred Fish. <laughs> and it was basically a huge collection of public domain stuff that would be compiled and curated onto discs that I don't know how they were sent out, but I found a lot of, a couple of really cool utilities for the Amiga on these Fred Fish discs. And then Her- Hermski uh, enjoyed or included a picture of 1648, the uh, tape magazine, which is really cool because 1648, I'm assuming, is 16K, 48K, which would mean Spectrum, the original. The ZX Spectrum, ZX yeah. Spectrum, yeah. So yep. what was your history? 
So it, the the question technically was, were they a big part of your life? And no, they were not. I don't okay. remember any 8-bit stuff, like uh, doing any cover discs or cover tapes. I don't even remember them being on the magazines. Like, I, I know uh, Flack said that he saw the discs from Computes Gazette, and I, that was one I subscribed to. I don't remember there ever being discs. Okay. I think you could send away for them, but you, you didn't get them. I might be maybe they, if, if it's only if you bought them at the newsstand and you were subscribing, so you got shafted. It's possible. I, I and I could be misremembering too, um, but I do remember, and I don't remember the game. I do remember finding, uh, going and seeking out a PlayStation magazine, and getting a demo of some game because I really wanted to try it out before it came out. It was a game I'd been waiting for, and there yeah. was a demo on it. If you know what, now that I'm talking through this, I think it was Tony Hawk. Okay. I think it was the skate oh, I, game. I could can, I can play that first level over and over and over I again. I think the demo was the first school... Like, Was it the school level? That was level two. Okay, the first one was uh, the, the warehouse. warehouse. That's what it was. I'm, I'm 100% certain now there was a demo disc with the Tony Hawk game. That's all I remember ever doing. What gotcha. about you? So I had my Max. Right? Oh. I grew up with the Max. Wah, wah, wah. And, <laughs> hey, ouch, though. <laughs> you, you <laughs> do you have to? <laughs> um... So there was not a ton of software for the Mac. Right. Uh, so when we did actually, my mom started getting uh, magazines that had cover discs. Yeah. Uh, on CD. Now this is you know when it was CD era, pre-power Mac, but post you know, right when CDs were coming out. Um, I would scour those things, and it was all kinds of stuff on that CD. So sure. there was mod music files, which I loved listening to. I remember Seek and Destroy by Metallica. Yeah. And that's where I first heard that song. I'd never heard it before. So I, I know the mod song better than I know the real song. Awesome. Um, things like that. But then I also remember all the little public domain or shareware games that were on there. Yeah. And that was like most of my gaming on the Mac. Like I only owned probably two big box games for the Mac. Right. Later on, we finally broke down and got a PC. And I did uh, the same thing. I bought PC Gamer magazines all the time to play demos because I personally, you know, my mom would buy those for me from time to time. Right. Uh, she wasn't going to buy games. But the magazines were okay somehow. <laughs> and so I played, uh, I remember specifically playing a 4x4 four four game where I just kept playing the first level and driving all over the place and just destroying yeah. my truck and th- thought it was the best time ever. And Destruction Derby, first level. Yeah. That's, Destruction Derby. That was a great game. I played it on PlayStation, but it was an awesome game. Um, you have a quick question. Oh, no, Tim. Tim, Tim has a quick question. Eric, you can read that one. Sure. Is there a software publisher that you always look for? Their new games? Yeah, I'm sorry. That you always look for their new games and also one where you always avoid their games. Does anything pop to mind to you? Have you thought so, about this? Yeah, so for me, of course, it's mainly the Commodore 64 ones, the Cytronic, and what was the other one? Um, uh, there's Pond. Protovision. Protovision. Now, these are, those are more distributors. Okay. Publishers. Those would be publishers. I, I think they're publishers. He said publishers, so yeah, so they publish it. So, Cytronic, uh, Pond, and... Pond is a developer, I think. Which, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm, I'm just going to go with that, because I do, I do pay attention to their releases, and I, I really look forward to them. Um, the only one I know, th- I always think of to avoid... Is just modern games from EA. I don't play them. <laughs> I don't. I'm not down with the microtransactions. I'm not down with uh, that. So I mean, that's the only one I can think of that I really just kind of have a, a uh, like. I, I just don't want to play their games. Period. Yeah, there's a lot of this modern Ubisoft. A lot of those modern uh, game houses do a lot of st- they stuff do. that's hard to uh, stomach. Yep. So we could say that that'd be an easy way. I would say that everything that WayForward releases. We've talked about it before. Yeah. I did a whole uh, Cody's Corner episode on it. 
Uh, they just, whatever they touch is just a solid gameplay, even if it's a weird, like, license. Like, if they made a My Little Pony game, it would be off the hook, Eric. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And they've made some weird licenses. You'd become a brony. I'd be, I'd be a brony for that game. (laughs) Um, and then the one, uh, and then for Commodore, I would say, uh, Icon, was it Icon 64? Yeah. They have, they've done some solid stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of great C64 developers right now, but that's the one that every time I see that, it like fits the way I like those games to feel. Sure. Um, I would stay away from, and the only, this is outside of the modern stuff, like you said, um, even though this is modern, but it's indie inspired, we actually played one just now, and it's the like fourth time I bought a game from them, not realizing it was them. And as soon as I saw it, my heart sank. What e- is it? East Asia Soft. Oh, yeah, I don't even recognize the name, frankly. But so they're I think they're associated with um, Play Asia, the the retailer oh, that I used they? to buy a whole bunch from. Sure. Um, but the games that have come out are at first they look really cool, but the gameplay is just stale. So the the shmup we just played, yeah, I'm gonna try to get into it, but it was like, yeah, well, Ryan started playing with it. I'm like, oh, we played like, it before the show, and I I I was the, there's something up with the graphics. Like I I couldn't I wasn't gelling to the style of the game, and I I'm a big fan of shmups. Yeah, but yep, that one wasn't like like gelling with me. That's but. Where I bought like four from them, and every time it yeah. popped up, I'm like ah shoot. So right. there we go. Um, let's go ahead and let people know how they can get a hold of us. Let's do it. So, if you want to find show information, you're going to go to pixelguiden.com. If you want to reach us on Twitter, you can reach me, Eric Nelson, at DuhProject, D-U-H Project. You can reach the show at at pixel underscore Gaiden. You can reach Cody at at oddball, which is O-D-D-B-A-1149. You can reach Tim at sanction, at S-A-N-X-I-O-N. Please review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast catcher that you use. That would be really helpful for us. And if you want to email us, you can email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. And we do encourage feedback. We also have a Patreon account set up. So if you wish to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. You can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars. If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows, such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos, um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there, um, everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on Pixel Guide and using our random adjective generator. This month, we're getting into the spirit of the games. Hello and welcome to the Pixel Guide Olympics, where every four years, the best of the best get together for a friendly competition of waggling that joystick, bashing that A button, or pressing Control-Alt-Delete until the crush of defeat consumes them. We don't want you to miss any of the action, so please write these times down and stay tuned. At 7.30, we start things off in the pool with the 100-meter events where you'll see such stars as the weary Henrik Lofel, the reflective Justin Newell, the noxious Matthew Ackerman, and of course the infamous freestyler, the suitable Daniel James. At 10.30, the relay event starts where we're going to see the powerhouse from Russia, starting with the liquid Josh Malone, the true Eric Sandgren, the impenetrable David Vincent, and bringing up the rear, their anchor, the adaptable 10-minute Amiga Retrocast. 
that brings us to noon, which brings us some of the more interesting events here at the Pix Games, starting with Hog Tossing, where you're going to see such amazing revolutionary throwers such as the historical Roy Fielding, the level Mr. Toast, and the jagged Maciej Sosnowski. And it's anyone's guess who's going to come out on top when we hit the flag dancing routines. Of course, the grateful Paradroid is going to be there, the embarrassed Ramoke Ramoke, and you will be amazed and dazzled by the antics of the grouchy Ant Stiller. That all goes down at the 2 o'clock hour, but at the 3 o'clock hour, things get crazy when it's the cow patty fling. You're going to see such amazing flingers as the detailed Mitsuyama, the mixed Hermski, the godly citizen, and the flat Gary Heather. At that point, we're going to take a quick break, but then in the evening hours, 6 o'clock, some of the fan-favorite events, we're going to start off with the heavy-duty weightlifting, where last year, we unfortunately had a uh, contestant pull his arms off. That's right, he pulled his arms off. And this year, we're going to see if the young American, the breezy Brian Arsenal, can go ahead and reclaim the throne for America in these heavy-duty events. And of course, at 7.30, to finish the night off, everyone loves to look towards the gymnastics events, and this year is no different, because we have a rising star that everyone is talking about. Uh, he can do no wrong. This young athlete has been winning every single event in the offseason, waiting for these Olympic events, trying to grab gold for the first time for his country, uh, new to the sport, but making a huge splash, the secretive Paul Jacobson. Yes, yes, very much so. Thank you. Very much that. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Patreon people. You are uh, the reason for the season. You're a reason for the beer, which we are not going to do quite yet. Eric. Not yet. I, I'll Hold chop it the bit for it. But We have errata and feedback to discuss. All right. <clears throat> so really quick, uh, Tim and I both did, uh, well, all three of us did segments. Um, my Actually, no, I take it back. My segment uh, is coming up this in, in just a few mi- minutes, Eric. I don't even know what I'm talking about at this point. Um but we got some feedback on Tim's segment. He did on the Sam Coupe, which is not a sports car. It's a coupe. <laughs> no, it's a um, 16-bit microcomputer that came after the Spectrum. Yeah, and, um, and, and like in a segment, it, sa- it sounds like an awesome system. It's kind of funny that it didn't it didn't actually succeed. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pajaco, mm-hmm. uh, 6502 on our Discord, said he enjoyed it and learned a lot about the system and has kind of been enamored by it. Um, Amigo Aaron... Uh, I had mentioned that he's a big fan of the Sam since he covered it on ARG Presents a while back, which they always pick a couple games from a system and play it. Yeah, they've covered everything. Yeah. They cover everything. Did they cover the uh, the the TI-83 graphing calculator? Cause Not yet. We need to beat him to that. Yeah, we should. I need to get uh, Tim's over to him. It's still in my, uh, my dresser thing behind here. Um. And then uh, also, I wanted to touch on this one. Mitsuyami, Mitsuyami, Mitsuyama, yeah, uh, wrote in because we were talking about Picross a bunch last episode. We were, yeah, because I covered that on my six good games. And he had an awesome suggestion, and it's a game I actually own and 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 played. But it's Konami Picross, yeah, which is on all like the Android apps. And I've actually played through all that, and it's Picross, but you uh, unlock pictures from like castlevania or uh you know different so little sprites you basically yeah. unlock little pictures of sprites that's Konami pretty cool games. It's, it's pretty cool yeah um and of course uh i'm gonna pat myself on the back again and said my uh my segment on uh, the 64 games went well getting some good feedback on that so please check out our youtube channel and uh, tim's been posting some stuff on there as well yeah uh some streams that he did on twitch he pops up on youtube that's youtube.com forward slash pixel 
You had a bit of uh, feedback as well. We had no errata. No one called us out on anything this this week. I don't think so. Okay. Um, loved Pixel Guidance. This is from Alexisms on Twitter. He okay. says, loved Pixel Guidance number 63. Was that 63? Uh, 62, I believe. 62. Especially your love for the 360. Pretty much mirrors mine. The original Xbox had had brought me back into gaming, but the 360 cemented it. And then he mentioned that he had a ton of friends on Xbox Live, used to play games with them, mostly Halo and Gears of War. Um, he's not a, a big FPS multiplayer person, but he loved to sit there and chat with his friends because the Xbox really did have it down for multiplayer, like the, the lobbies, yeah. the, the connecting with your... being able to find your friends, talking with them with your headset. I mean... That way. I've heard people say that. I've never actually really used it. I mean, I yeah. do own one now, but... Yeah. But anyway, he we had a long conversation about it, but he really did like it. He he talked about Death Smiles, that shmup, which I think you would like a lot. Oh, I have it. Actually, uh, I yeah, own that. Death Smiles is fantastic. <laughs> so a lot of nice things to, that they said about, um, about that episode. And uh, here is one I got on the actual Pixel Guide and YouTube page uh, in response to the Commodore 64 video from somebody named... ISO? 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 ISO, okay. It's probably ISO. Like E-Y-S-O. A, yeah. Uh, he he was talking, when I was talking about Tom top 10 list and games, you know, Commodore game, classic Commodore games and mm-hmm. how I play through them and I just can't find ones I like, you know, they're classic to people. It's probably nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, he said, those top 10, tis, uh, top 10 lists are kind of rose-tinted. Uh, he says, The Last Ninja wasn't even a good game back then either. It was just a cool game. Tons of atmosphere. Regarding the pixel perfectness of Monty on the Run, well, that's part of the gameplay, which I know it is, and there's a lot of those kind of games. There is. I just don't gel with it. It drives me nuts. Right. Um, he says the flip screen games were there to give you that challenge in each screen, and satisfaction when you reach the next screen could be immense, which I get. Uh, there are tons of games where the hit detection is just fine. The new games sure are impressive and fun, but keep trying those old games, too, and leave the top team... Leave the top ten games for what they are, which I guess is yeah, they're nostalgic to people, and that's why they're there. And yep. you know, that's what I'm getting at is, but because my his little secret for from from me is that I never really I thought Last Ninja looked really great and had great music, <laughs> but I I did not really like the gameplay very much at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I always say that on the show. It's, yeah, I, I'm I'm here to play games now. Yeah, and so that's how I'm going to review them. So it is what it is. Absolutely. Although I am very much noticing especially after lifting, listening to some other podcasts, uh, how much growing up with the 8-bit Nintendo mm-hmm. has tuned me and my gameplay style into the way the, the games on Nintendo have to be programmed and how they feel because of that compared to 8-bit computers where it's completely different. Um, and so I have a harder time liking things on other platforms. Right. Because the Nintendo is where like my reflexes and my... yeah. Everything there was, definitely was is a style born and to, grown. There's definitely a style to Nintendo games, especially versus something like a Commodore 64 or Zack Spectrum or something like that. They have a completely different feel. Mega Man, Eric. Mega Man. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's time for us to hear a little bit about modern Vectrix games now. Cody Connor. Ah, that sound. And if you know it, you know that is a Vectrix. If you guys don't know what a Vectrix is, uh, a quick brief history. The Vectrix was an all-in-one game console that featured a monitor that was built into it, but it was not a normal monitor. It was a vector-based monitor 
which uh, is a, uh, I guess you want to call it black and white, but really the only color it emitted was white. And if you've ever seen an old arcade game that was vector-based, such as Tempest or Star Wars, then you kind of know what I'm I'm talking about here. Um, the graphics are purely mathematical points connected by lines, and uh, the cathode ray in the back of the tube is drawing these lines super quick. Um, quick history on the Vectrix, because um, I want to talk a lot about it. However, I feel like there needs to be a little bit of history here. It was released in 1982 by a company called CGE, which stands for General Consumer Electronics. C, I'm sorry, GCE. I always get that backwards. Uh, so that was November 1982, right before the video game crash. Uh, it was purchased by Milton Bradley, and after the crash happened in late 83, uh, production ceased in 1984. So it's actually pretty impressive that we're, they were able to release um, some like 20, 24 games like that, something like that, within that amount of time. Um, I received my Vectrix about seven years ago when I was at a video game shop, and uh, I'd seen them. Um, Eric actually had one and um, hadn't really played much of one, but they all of a sudden uh, had one sitting on the counter, and I saw it and I knew exactly what it was, and I freaked out because you just don't really find them in the wild. And it was sitting there at this video game store. asked him how much. It came with six games, including uh, boxes for most of them, and um, overlays, which I'll get to in a second for all of them. And it included one game, which I knew was valuable, called Star Castle. So uh, after a little haggling, I got the whole setup for about 300 bucks, which was amazing, because I went uh, on eBay and sold Star Castle. Kind of regret it to this day, but... Uh, for I think 140. So really, I the way I look at it is I I, I got it for about 160 bucks with five games. Um, but that's not what this particular Cody's Corner is about. What I really want to focus on here is the fact that in the last few years, specifically, modern games have come out for this amazing all-in-one console. Um. I want to go over some of those, how you can get them, and uh, just kind of give a quick overview of uh, which ones I think are absolutely worth getting. And um, I want to start by saying that if you listen to the show, you might know that I don't terribly have a lot of interest in collecting, you know, like NES games or uh, cartridge-based games, even CD-based games, because the media all looks the same. There's no, there's nothing I can't do with an EverDrive to give me the same feel of a you know any any one cartridge game um they all look the same they just have a different sticker on them so why do i have an interest in collecting for or having modern games for the vectrix well it is a piece of hardware that cannot be replicated uh if you emulate the vectrix yes you can emulate the games but they just don't have the vibrant pop of the real vector screen um, also, the controller for the Vectrix is very unique with a four-button layout straight across and a really smooth, cool-feeling analog joystick um, that you really kind of have to feel to understand. And uh, they do make kind of... Uh, some people have been making reproduction ones because they, the the Vectrix and the controllers in particular are getting so expensive. Um, but you can't really reproduce that. Plus, the look of that vector screen... Uh, which I always suggest turning off the lights because it pops so much more. It feels like you're in an arcade. It kind of takes you to another world. It's so cool. But you also have these plastic colored overlays that you put in front of the monitor, which, you know, quote unquote, add color to what you're playing. 
um, and they have cool um, instructions and, and information that can be put on those overlays. And it's just not an experience that you can really reproduce uh, via emulation. So for me, this is a system I like to own the real stuff for. So I will start off by saying that I do believe the best game on the system is the game that is built into the system, and that is Mindstorm, which I did get an original overlay for. However, some of these games I did not get overlays for. I would love to point out that you can now purchase them. They are $10 a piece. And you can find them at VectrixMulti.com, which we'll be talking about later as well. Uh, these new overlays look amazing. So if you really want to buy kind of just the used cart and buy these used overlays, you can get the entire Vectrix original collection for pretty inexpensive um, and pretty much get the full experience if you don't care about the box on your on your shelf. I highly suggest that. I did that for a number of games, uh, specifically the ones I find terribly interesting, such as Bedlam, which has this really cool star-looking overlay. Um, I would suggest ones like Armor Attack, which kind of shows the battlefield and kind of the structures. Uh, Flipper Pinball adds a lot. Uh, some of these cool gradient ones, like Scramble, um, same thing. There are a lot of Vectrix overlays that are just a plain uh, single-color screen, kind of like... Uh, Berserk is just blue, and Blitz, I think, is a you know football game. It's just green. Uh, Polar Rescue, I believe, is just blue, things like that. But there's some very cool ones. And they've also started making overlays for a lot of the um, retro homebrew uh, creations that have been made more recently. Also, there is a test cart that you can purchase, and it kind of can help you um, dial in your system, so they do make an overlay for that as well, which I have not learned to use yet, but uh, that is something that um, we won't talk about in this video, but you want to also adjust and set up your system. Another thing I would suggest to purchase from these guys, uh, if you have, just like me, old original games, including the original overlays, the uh, little sheaths that came with them are at this point all ratty. You can see mine are kind of uh, almost like coffee stain tore up. Somebody wrote the names of the games on them, but in really poor penmanship. Um, they just don't look excellent. And um, I, I don't know if you care about vintage paper on your overlays, but you can buy brand new sleeves, which I went ahead and did, so I can uh, freshen up the presentation of my games and make it look that much better when I'm pulling them out. It just feels nicer, and they're only about a buck a pop. Now, on VectrixMulti.com, you will also be able to purchase the Sean Kelly Multicart. They're on version 3.0 as of time of this recording, um, which is cool because it includes all of the original games plus uh, some homebrews and things on it that are uh, selectable via um, an on-screen menu. It's a pretty cool solution. Um, however, I don't want you to get it confused with this item I have, which is called the Vec Multi, which is a completely different device. And I love this thing. It literally is a Vectrix cartridge that you can pop an SD card in the back so that you can load any homebrew you find online, original games, um, demos, uh, any, just anything people make, you can throw it on this thing and plug it into your system. It comes up, it adds it into a nice little GUI here. You can press buttons 1, 2, 3, or 4 to select uh, you know, the selections that's showing currently on the screen, right and left to see more options. And uh, this is the way I like to do everything that is not an original cart. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, though, the Vectrix laser on um, 
the, you know, I call it a laser, but in, in the back of the screen, if you have some sort of program or somebody were to make something where the laser stays still on the screen for a long period of time, it can burn the screen. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Not something I've actually run into yet, but keep it in mind. You can see some cool homebrew games I'm playing here if you're watching the uh, YouTube video version of the Cody's Corner segment this month. Uh, if you are not, hop on YouTube and check that out. But uh, I think it's time for us to hop into some of the complete inbox games, which I am so enamored by. So up first, I wanted to mention Pack Rat Games. Now, these guys are awesome because uh, they really took all of the kind of Vectrix homebrew that's existed for you know a long time since the Vectrix um ceased to exist and they made these uh physical copies of games put them on nice cartridges with labels and nice uh look like uh, almost like a betamax cartridge tape if you remember betamax uh, tape boxes um these hard plastic boxes and when i purchased these original i was getting them i want to say they're like 15 to 18 bucks a piece they've gone up a little bit but what i love about the way they think about these things is they want to make these for people to enjoy uh, on their Vectrix in, in, you know, in a physical media. They're not doing this to make money. They're just kind of doing this as a, hey, we're, you're paying us just to make it physical. We're not making money off the game or anything like that because they are open source. Uh, in fact, they ask you specific, specifically within the uh, inside of the label, please do not ruin the spirit of our hobby by reselling the cartridge for a profit. So they want you to keep it at that price. Um, so some of these games, they are very cool. They're mostly ports uh, that you know people have made in their own time, uh, such as this one here, Moonlander, which is um, you know very much a um, Lunar Lander clone, if you will. Um, it works. It looks simple. It is simple, uh, but it's cool to have on the shelf, and uh, I'm awful at it. It's an extremely difficult game for me. Um, and next I have this really cool little compilation, uh, games apparently by Alex Herbert. It is two games, Protector, which is a uh, Defender clone, and Yasi, which I think is hilarious. It stands for Yet Another Space Invaders. And Protector uh, is a pretty solid little clone. Um, it actually plays exactly like the arcade version of Defender, which drives me nuts because if you've never played that, you actually have to press a button to flip the direction of your ship. The controls are very hard to get used to, but they are true to the original Defender uh, arcade game. And then yet another Space Invaders is cool um, for the reason that they actually used the vector screen of the Vectrix to fake a raster, which would be like a normal CRT, normal um, screen graphics. Uh, making these little lines, kind of creating these sprites, if you will, rather than vector-drawn graphics, even though they technically are vector-drawn graphics. You can see on the back here kind of the instructions. They put it all in one little case. Uh, nice little package. And then the last one I want to show here from Packrat Games uh, for the time being is called Vecmania, which they took a number of really cool um, games, demos, and remixes, shoved them all onto one cartridge, uh, including Starfire Spirits, which is on the screen right now, which is kind of a really cool Star Wars arcade-style uh, game. Um, this one's pretty impressive. Uh, Birds of Prey I really like. It's probably my, one of my favorite. Um, uh, it's ripping off one of my favorite games, which is Phoenix, when it comes to those single-screen uh, Space Invaders kind of style games. And uh, the last one I'll show you real quick is Patriots, which is uh, Missile Command. Uh, however, you'll notice there's only two towers, one on each side of the screen. So 
they take a few liberties, but um, these are solid games, and there's more on here, demos and kind of cool stuff to play with as well. Now, this next uh, set of games here is kind of a jump up in production quality, and these are being sold for more money, but they look like original Vectrix games, and I can't say enough about them. They are just the coolest. Starting with a couple of games from vectorrepublic.co.uk, uh, so yes, these needed, if you're in America like I am, have to be ordered and brought in from England, but it actually got here pretty quick, and if you order a couple, the shipping you know, per each uh, ends up being not terrible. Um, first one here is Frontier, and what you'll notice about both of these games is you not only get a killer original-looking Vectrix box and Vectrix insert and Vectrix cartridge, you also get a nice little plastic... Um, box to to protect it. It just comes as part of the package, which I might buy more of these for some some more of my games. Um, it comes with a very cool looking overlay, kind of showing the west here and the cactuses. Um, it's got some stuff built in, which I appreciate. You know, score and lives are there, so when they pop up on the screen, they're kind of they're labeled for you. And of course, at the bottom, it shows you what the buttons do, which is a nice little point of reference. Great manual here. Um, you will see this one, I believe, was black and white. Um, and the only thing it's missing, if anything, and it's hard to complain, is it does not have a sheath for the overlay. But guess what? I already bought a bunch of those, and I went ahead and put one on for myself. One thing that is interesting to note about the games from uh, Vector Republic is that you can purchase the U.S. style box or the European style box and the U.S. is uglier, like usual, in that it makes the uh, game image much smaller on the front and adds all the small writing kind of down here at the bottom. So I opted to go for the European version, which just gets rid of the small writing and makes the screenshot that much bigger. I think it's a better-looking package. Now, Frontier. This game is uh, apparently based on an arcade game, which I've never heard of, to be completely honest with you. Um, you are a sheriff, and there's these outlaws kind of running around on the outside, and uh, every once in a while they shoot at you, and of course your goal is to shoot them back. You can shoot in uh, all eight directions, orthogonally and um, diagonally. However, there's this other little guy here, actually he looks very much like the bad guy, he's just kind of running around the middle of the screen, and that's kind of a, a, a civilian, if you will, you want to keep him alive. Um, every once in a while a buzzard will fly over the top of the screen, just like in Space Invaders, they have kind of the, the UFO that goes over the top. And you can shoot that for extra points. You can see the hats up here in the corner for for lives. You start with three. Um, and once you clear a stage of bad guys, you go to this cool little um, shootout mode here where you literally wait until the bad guy pulls his weapon. It says draw on the screen. You try to hit the button quick enough to get some bonus points. Um, this is the main version of the game here in single player. However, it is cool because it's kind of, I, we'll call it one and a half games in one. There is a two-player mode. If you're lucky enough to have a second controller, you can play this game here where you are um, on opposite sides of the screen from each other, shooting at each other. Um, and, of course, there's enemies running through the middle of the screen that you can shoot for extra points. Um, but your, your goal is basically to shoot each other and, and dance around these cactuses. Uh, what makes this a little more interesting is that buttons 2, 3, and 4 will shoot... Uh, Slightly to the left, straight, or slightly to the right. If you've ever played um, the game, on, it's an arcade game and a great great game on the NES as well called Gunsmoke. Uh, it has a very similar mechanic. 
Um, very cool little game. I enjoy owning it. It's not You're not going to get a ton of time out of it, but um, again, the packaging and everything makes this a very nice pickup. The next game I wanted to talk about from uh, Vector Republic is Quartz Quest. Now, this is my most recent pickup, um, and I think it is very cool in the fact that this is a essentially a very light version of a JRPG right here on your Vectrix, which I don't think ever really existed before. You're this little dragon named Quartz. Um, you, you know, kind of go from map to map in a almost a Zelda-like way, but the um, enemy battles are random encounters, and when you uh, run into those encounters, you are fighting them, choosing to use your tail, or you can use whatever fire breath you have at that moment. As you play through the game, you can pick up ice breath or um, different other kind of breath weapons. And um, if you get hit, you start losing health. If you hit them, they eventually die. If the enemies die, you can get coins from them, which you can use to go to um, the Goblin Village, and you can go to the Armory to either pick up attack bonuses for your tail or armor bonuses to help uh, defend their attacks. And um, you can also pick up things like uh, potions to heal yourself, um, things to, to... Your fire breath uses magic. So you can refill your magic with, with certain things. Um, it actually has a very large map. If you really want to know where you're going, you probably want to hand draw this thing as you go, which adds for some replayability. And your goal is to go to three different dungeons on the map, find the key uh, at the, if you want to call it boss, in each dungeon. Once you get all three of them, you can go to the main tower in the center of the map to fight the final boss in the final dungeon to win the game. Um, absolutely gorgeous overlay i love this overlay and um and and again the box is just top notch this is probably the best looking package uh that i that i have um and if you're into that style of game it's kind of fun um i'm not going to say it's top tier stuff but i really enjoy it especially for the novelty of playing a jrpg on your vectrix uh next game comes from a different manufacturer Dark Tower from VectrixMulti.com is uh, a game that was actually designed to be released uh, during the original lifespan of the Vectrix. Um, it was never released until now. Uh, these guys put together the full package. It looks exactly like a U.S. release Vectrix game, uh, down to everything you get in the packaging. Even the manual looks uh, spot on. Um, very awesome package. And a very unique game, nothing like anything else I've played on the Vectrix as well. You'll see that uh, the overlay has got this really cool blue and red um, theme to it. And a lot of people hear Dark Tower and think it relates to you know some other stuff that came out in the 80s. Um, I don't believe it has any tie-in. Um, but you can see here, it's a very unique style of gameplay where you are this knight running through this forest... Um, you are collecting bags of gold, and these uh, little chests will pop up, and you can open the chests, and when you do that, you might get gold. Um, you might have a wizard that tells you to get out, or you might uh, end up in this kind of fun minigame, which is honestly the best part of the game, where these creatures are peeking out behind pillars on the left and right-hand side of the screen, and you have to throw, I don't know what you call these things, little sparkle bombs... Um, at them to try to hit them before they hit you, and when you hit them, they shatter uh, satisfyingly into these broken-looking pixie sticks. Um, 
I'll be honest, this game, I haven't quite figured out how to play it. I think I've I've read the manual, and I still haven't been able to kind of put this together. Um, I can enjoy this for what it is, but I would not say it's a great game, but it, it is a great blast from the past. Uh, they do have a standard and an enhanced version in here, but again, without knowing the gameplay, um, I think they basically t- left the standard in so that you can enjoy what they originally created back then. And I think they did some uh, quality of life improvements to make it more playable today. I should probably spend some time on the enhanced version to see if I can get into this one uh, more. Now, I'm going to kick things up a notch here because Vector Pilot. I've talked about this game before on the show. In fact, I had Eric play it on the show while we were just listening to him play it. And not only is the original arcade game Time Pilot one of my favorite arcade games, uh, but Vector Pilot is, in my opinion, better than the arcade game. I know that sounds like blasphemy, but the, just the way it feels, the smoothness of the controls, um, the way they make the vector-based graphics appear on the screen, this thing is just gorgeous. The sounds are gorgeous. The way the game feels is gorgeous. And did I mention the two overlays? Yes, that's right. Two overlays that it comes with are also gorgeous. Uh, it comes in a really kind of large, if you remember Disney VHS tapes back in the day, it kind of feels like that style of a box. I'm looking at it right now. Um, and it's packed in here nice and tight with this little styrofoam insert. The logo looks great. Um, the manual uh, is full color. It's only kind of two pages. It it doesn't. The packaging doesn't necessarily harken back to the way they're supposed to look, uh, minus this cool little grid pattern on the front here. And the only downside I would say is that the overlays are literally just packed in the back of the box here, uh, underneath the uh, plastic, so you can kind of see through. Um, which again, it, it works fine. Um, it is a solid construction here. Um, but again, it's kind of a little hokey, but ultimately this packaging is is very nice and solid. The game is nice and solid. I could play this thing for, I mean, literally hours trying to beat my score. Um, the gameplay, if you don't know Vector Pilot, you are a ship in the middle of the screen, and you can go in 360 degrees uh, in different directions. It's kind of scrolling in whatever direction you're heading, while different... Uh, at first, its airplanes are attacking you. They can shoot little uh, bullets at you. They can throw bombs at you, and you are simply trying to destroy them as many as possible. The more you destroy, uh, the more this line at the top of the screen shrinks, and once you kill enough of them, it shrinks to the point where a level boss will come out, um, and you will have to destroy that larger larger ship to um, time travel. I'm not sure exactly how that works in reality, but and you time travel to a different era, um, starting with, you know, biplanes in, like, 1942, and you work your way to, like, the Huey helicopters in the 70s, and then in the 80s, you've got jet fighters, um, and you just keep playing to kind of find out more and more timelines. And, of course, every time that you go up a timeline, the ships get harder, uh, they're a little quicker, they can shoot, eventually homing missiles are coming after you, um... And to maximize your score, you can also uh, destroy little fleets of ships that are about five ships kind of stuck together in one group. You'll get extra points for that. And if you see a parachuter flighting through the air, 
you grab that parachuter, if you grab the first one, it's 5,000 points. The second one's 1,000. Third one is 2,000. I think the next one is 4,000. You get a lot of points grabbing those parachute guys. But great high score game. Um, and I would have to say this game is the best game available all time on the Vectrix. Or is it? Because I have one more game to talk about. This one just came out. And I have to say, this one uh, won me over. Vector Blade, which also was a release by VectorRepublic.co.uk, is a single-screen Galaga-style game. Just like Dark Tower, it comes in a very original-looking package with an absolutely gorgeous overlay, and it has a very cool trick up its sleeve. Most Vectrix games... Uh, originally, were on 8 kilobyte cartridges. They were 8 kilobytes in file size. Uh, There were some that went up to 16, and just very, very few, including all the homebrew, that will get as big as 32 kilobytes. That's how big a Vectrix game could be. This Vectrix game is on a 128 kilobyte cart, which, you know, relatively is enormous compared uh and the vectrix itself only has one kilobyte of memory uh built in so all kinds of really cool programming tricks to make this work i am sure um so here's what is so cool about this game it starts out like a boring two-shot galaga game to beginning um and it grows and grows from there there are power-ups. When you shoot enemies, money is falling. You collect money, you take it to a store that pops up every so many levels, and you buy more power-ups. Um, there are also anti-power-ups that fall, so if they are in a little triangle shape, that is something that's going to reduce, for example, the number of bullets you can have on screen at once. You start with two, you can get up to, like, ten. Um, it also can change uh, your rate of fire, how quickly you can, you know, shoot a second bullet. Um It'll also change if you're shooting one shots, two shots, or three shots at a time. I haven't got to the point where you can shoot more, but I've heard those are there. Um, and it's just it's just crazy how many things th- this game does. New enemies are popping up all the time. There are boss battles. And when you start a boss battle, I mean, look at this ant, if you're watching, again, the YouTube portion of this. Um really cool graphic kind of showing you almost like a storyboard saying, watch out, look at this guy that's coming up. Uh, You fly off into the distance and you start battling this giant space amp with all his little uh, ant baddies in front of you. Um, There's a pickup when it falls that all of a sudden you hit it. You hear that famous uh, Mindstorm intro song. Dum, 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 dum. And all of a sudden you're kind of jumping into a mini game where now um, you're dodging asteroids and things and the faster you go if you complete that mini stage you get more points uh it's easier to complete it slow but you don't get as many points um just like in galaga there's bonus stages where the uh the space creatures or whatever kind of do a dance around your goal is just to try to shoot them all um this is what's crazy about this it has rpg elements so not only are you playing through this game which by the way has 100 levels um you, you you play through this game and you can unlock achievements and when you unlock achievements that means it saves it into the memory of the cartridge itself and you can start the next game future games with uh, advantages from the get-go so you kind of level it up it almost makes it like a 
uh, kind of the modern roguelikes where you kind of build up and level up your character. Um, so much to talk about in this game that I just think is so cool. When you first start it up, it will make sure that you adjust the game, not the Vectrix to your game. It'll allow you to adjust the game to your Vectrix uh, by doing this little um, uh, four-part process where it helps you, ask you to line up different text and things like that. And when you do that, it saves your your specification into the cartridge so that you don't have to do it every time it, and it works on your Vectrix. If you took this cartridge to another Vectrix, you'd probably do it again because every Vectrix is a little different. They're not perfect that way. Um, I just I, and, and you start on easy mode. If, apparently, if you I have not beat easy mode yet, but apparently if you beat all 100 levels and defeat the game on easy, it'll unlock more modes. And uh, there's high scores on here. There's this cool little um, room you start the game in to decide if you're going to look at achievements or scores or uh, options or play the game. This is just a masterpiece, an absolute masterpiece. If you only buy one game for the Vectrix, this is the game I have to say you go for. And um, I, I don't know what else to say. Vector Blade, absolutely awesome. I've put I, m- literally hours into this game, uh, more than I play any other Vectrix game. Um, probably in large part, maybe more than all my other Vectrix games combined. I don't know. Um, must have, awesome game. Kudos. To the game's designer, uh, which is listed here as Malban, and then inside the uh, front cover, he lists a bunch of other people that helped as well. Um, make more games. I love it. I will buy them. Awesome, awesome game. Uh, there are a lot more games out there than this. Uh, these are the highlights as I found them and the ones that I purchased. Um, if you guys know of some other ones or have different opinions, uh, please go ahead and leave those in the show notes and or email us at pixelguiden. And uh, we'd love to hear anything else. I would love to hear anything else you guys could say about the Vectrix or any items you could guide me to. Um, I'm loving this system. In fact, I just ordered a fun little thing that's going to give my Vectrix the ability to do speech, which this game actually can do as well. Uh, No surprise, right? does all the tricks. Um, Go out there. Try some homebrew. If you can get a Vectrix, get it now. They're growing up like crazy. But it is a unique experience, and people are making amazing things for it. All right, we are back here in the studio, Eric. And uh, who else has joined us on the line? It's me. It's Tim. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever it may be at this particular moment in time. How are you guys? Tim Tari, we are swell, I think. Doing well, doing well. Good stuff. We are swell, Tareen. It actually is quite warm. It's that weird part of the night where I open the windows, but it's still, like, can't tell if it's warmer inside or out yet. Just so like, do you not have aircon in your room, then? Oh, we do, but we also have energy bills. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we try to catch That's it just in time where it's colder outside than in. <laughs> um, so, quick poll behind the curtain for everybody listening. Uh, we... Cody messed up some recording stuff, and we have to do a whole new game show here, which is just fine, because I enjoy doing the game shows. But it also means we missed out on discussing our beer. True. Sad noise. Where's my sad noise? Also, all that research I did on the on the Game Boy game show goes had, to waste. You had a great Game Boy game show, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not going to do that this time. <laughs> um, Eric, do you remember what beer we had? We had the Joaquin Dead, right? Correct. Not Joaquin, the, not the Joaquin Dead, but the Joaquin 
That's right. Spelled with a picture the of the um, of a walking phoenix as uh, the Joker, right? <laughs> Actually, Wasn't it, ki- right? it kind of did, but yeah, they were zombies. I guess I never put that together, but you're probably right. I th- I'm pretty sure that's exactly what was on that can, but I, I right. remember liking it. I don't remember what we rated it, but I remember that we liked it. Yeah, it was a good solid. Uh, it was a Mexican red ale from Evans Brewing yep. Company in Corona, California, which is down by San Diego, California. So there we go. There's our beer review. We both said, eh, pretty good. Pretty so good. Why? That's probably the worst beer review we've done, but it was a very cool looking can. Was it fruity? It was not. It was no Mexican was it, and red. A bit nutty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric. So I'm going to let you take this away. Let me know uh, right. what the name of this game show might just be. So, gentlemen, get ready for the Pixel Gaiden Game Show Arcade Edition. All right, we are off and away. Cool. I'm excited. Right. I have to get my okay. um, I have to get my uh, paper ready here, though. Yeah, get some paper ready to write down, and this will be I'm, ten I'm questions ready, plus ready. a bonus. And the awesome. and the listeners, you you guys play along, except for Aaron. <laughs> I don't like hearing about how much better you are at this than we are. You guys are all the dirt worst. <laughs> was that your American accent? You guys yeah, are boned. <laughs> That's just no good. All right. All right. Here we go, guys. Ten questions. Related to arcade games, classic arcade games, My and there is a bonus question, a tiebreaker if we need it. Hardest we'll use it anyway. Whether whether it's a tiebreaker or not, we'll use it. But here we go. Okay, off to the race. And we're recording, right? Yes, <laughs> we are recording. <laughs> Thank you for quadruple checking. <laughs> oh wait, I have that sound. I don't want to come up with like, more questions. Ooh. All right, here we go, guys. Final fight is the arcade classic from Capcom from 1989. There are three playable characters, Cody Travers, Guy, the ninja, and a former pro wrestler slash city mayor. What's his name? I am confident Who's going to get the first answer. point? I am. Who is going to get the first Tim, point? Tim looks very confused. At, at first I thought this yeah. was a this was an easy two-pointer, but... Uh, not for me. Awesome. It's awesome. Not, I'll, could, I'll give you I a could, hint. I could name the first two, but not that one. <laughs> I could give you a hint. It's not Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> oh, that's, that was my answer. Shoot. No. I'm ready when you okay. are, Tim. Okay. I've got that. I know it's, I know it's wrong, but there we go. That's, that's that is absolutely close. correct. That is... I was going to go for the full name, but I'll take the last name. Oh, His H- name was Mike, Mike Hagar. Hagar. Two right. Right. Well, when, when you play the game, it just said Hagar in the corner. How do you not know that, but you absolutely nail it? I don't understand how that's... A, okay. Exactly. Yeah, I, Got two, I, I, so... It was, it was a guess. There was something there, but yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. <laughs> okay, so we are tied up. So one to one. One Here to one. What is the name of the city where Final Fight takes place? Is it... Megatropolis? Is it New York City? Or is it Metro City? I'm ready. You guys ready? Ready. Uh, Show us what you got there, Tim. I'm going with Metro City. Should I got to. What did you get? Whether you can see or not, it's on there. Metro City is what I went. Boom! Two for two. Excellent. Two to two. Okay, now we're gonna get we're gonna shift gears a little bit. 
Final Fight 2. Street- <laughs> <laughs> in Street Fighter 2, World Warrior. Fight. It has eight eight playable characters. Fight. Uh-huh. Which one is from Brazil? Brazil. Brazil. Adoken. What's his name? It's <laughs> the one I wrote down. You should pick Hagar and get it right again. You should just throw whatever <laughs> random name you think of and go, nope, definitely not that. You guys ready? Yep. Let's see what you got. Oh Blanca. my gosh, Tim. Come on, man. Blanca, there we go. <laughs> Two more. <laughs> see, I, after, I wrote the, after I wrote those Game Boy questions, I was like, man, those are probably too hard. Now I'm making them too easy. <laughs> well, no, apparently Tim's just um, sandbagging over here. Like, oh, I, I can't... Uh, <laughs> Okay, it's, here's it's, the he's ring. hustling us. Nobody's he's hustling us. He's oh, I've never played arcade games before. Nobody said he's like, oh man, I'm drawing a blank. Blanka? That's Blanca. it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's another softball for you guys. Galaxian is an arcade classic from 1979. Debatable. Galaxian. Okay. <laughs> debatable. What'd you say? I said debatable. Fight me, Doug. It's not Galaga. This is Galaxian. This is Galaxian. This is before. Come on, Cody. Pipe down a minute. The grandpa. Let Eric get the question out. <laughs> what company developed it? Capcom, Midway, or Namco? I got my answer. Got mine. Here, Here we go. go. Midway. Namco? What, I, you, I, I did have midway. You say midway. I said midway. The answer is it is Namco. Namco. Isn't it? it is Namco. I, I should have known that. I do feel like an idiot. All right, Tim, Tim takes up. the lead. Four to three. Yo 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 yo. All right, here the we sound go. of confidence shifted. <laughs> Literally shifting gears. Racing Again. games. I feel Come like an now. idiot. I don't know why. Why I put midway? Dumb. In the original arcade game Super Off Road, there are three. AI drivers while playing the game solo. I already one know what it is. Was re- one was red. <laughs> one was blue. What was the third? Co- what was the third color on the truck? Third color. Yeah. So there's three AI car- three AI trucks. One was blue. One was red. What was the other one? This is on the arcade. The arcade. The arcade had three steering wheels. No, That's those right. AI. And you. So the, when you playing it solo, you were one, and then there was three AI AI players. Gotcha. Well, my my answer doesn't change. All right, I'm ready to go. This is a total is guess it? from me. And you'll get it right. Pink. Pink? Nope. It's the impossible to beat Pink. yellow guy. You, I, I, you keep holding your paper up. I don't. I can't <laughs> see. It's there yellow. <laughs> yellow. And he's impossible. So it's tied back. I had it back up. Bring <laughs> it, Tim. We're, we're tied. <laughs> hey, Hey. The answer was yellow, and then you play as the silver truck. Or I think it's silver or gray. I don't know. Gotcha. gotcha. Okay. Here we go. Gun hopefully metal. this one's a hopefully this one's pretty easy. In the original Outrun arcade game from 1986, the player controls what type of car? <laughs> uh though no, this depends on who you it. ask. Oh joy! I think I should get this right. I got it from the original... Uh... Does the spelling have to be correct? <laughs> no, the spelling does not have to be correct. And there there are technically two different answers that I will accept. Okay, well, I don't... I, I, okay, I'm going to go for this one. 
What do you get? What do you get, Tim? I got Testarossa. I put. Testarossa. What did you get, Cody? I put unlicensed Ferrari Testarossa. <laughs> Correct. With no so Atari I'm going to give that both to you. I'm going to give it both to you. Uh, I would have also accepted Ferrari Testarossa Spider because it was Spider, a particular yes. model. Yes, it's the it's the uh, yeah, it's the the, the, the rag top, yeah. Yep. Well done, guys. It's still tied. Five to five. Wow. We're bringing this. You're going to make me deploy the tiebreaker question. <laughs> I, th- I hope this one will be a little more challenging. In the classic arcade game Dig Dark, there are two types of enemies. What are they called? This is multiple choice, and each choice will have two enemies. You ready? Yep. Mm-hmm. Pukas and Figars. Or is it Gemtars and Lukilus? Or is it Tomtos and Dragoons? I just heard Number a crow. One, po- <laughs> yeah, that wasn't from me. That had to have been from that was like, that was a very, the UK. It was a very British crow. <laughs> so, yeah, he yeah, was British. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'm sure I'll be eating crow after this. Yeah. Did it, when, it, when it said that, it didn't pronounce its T. Right. So, <laughs> did you guys need a repeat? No, I know exactly it. what it is. I, I do. Okay. Okay. Show me what you got. No, I, I need to repeat, please, Eric. Oh, <laughs> I was distracted by the crow. <laughs> Good. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Was like, so ah, the first ah. one is Pukas and Figars, or is it Gemtars and Lukilus, or is it Tomtos and Dragoons? Okay. All right. All right. Show me what you got. Pukas and fragars. Yeah, I've, I've got I've got the first one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll accept that. I will accept that. So we six are, for six. the record, we are correct. You are correct with our big retro brains. <laughs> our listeners right. should be totally jealous of our knowledge. In the 1983 game Elevator Action, Ugh. the player's char- the player's character is codenamed Otto. His government designation is <laughs> Agent Seven, Agent Seventeen, Agent Twenty Seven, or Agent Thirty Seven. Seven, Seventeen, Twenty Seven, or Thirty Seven. All right, I'm ready. All right, I'm going with Agent Seven. I'm gonna Cody? I'm gonna go with Tim's logic and say the second one. <laughs> <laughs> so you're Cody. You're saying Agent Seventeen. Yep. Tim went with Agent Seven. Cody is correct. Yeah. Darn it. <laughs> that is right. They couldn't have ripped off 17. James Bond that directly. So he is up seven to six. Here we go. Got to pull this back. Here we go. This, this the last is question to the last. Oh, second to last. Second to the last question. Second to the last question. You guys ready? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hit me. In the Williams Classic Robotron 2084, during the first four waves, you have enforcers, spheroids, grunts, and hulks. Those are the primary enemies. During the fifth wave, you will encounter blank for the first time. It's multiple choice. Here we go. Gameplay. When you, when you get to level five, here they come. Terminators. <laughs> I like it. That's clever. Terminators, brains, saucers, or robo cannons. 
Wave 5 introduces either Terminators, Brains, Saucers, or Robocannons. Put something written down. I I went Terminators. I went Arnold Schwarzenegger style here. Okay. I went you Robo went Cannons. Robo Cannons. Because none of us have got brains anyway. So. <laughs> that was my second Both choice. Got it wrong. Really? Uh, Saucers. Wave Five introduces brains. Oh, brains. brains. <laughs> yep. Okay. Brains. You know the All part right. where the gameplay starts, Tim, when the brains show up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Last question. So right now it's seven to six. Cody's got it by one. Hanging on by a thread. Last question. In the 1983 Laserdisc classic game, Dragon's Lair, the protagonist Mm -hmm. is Dirk the Daring. Who is he trying to save? Multiple choice. Princess Penelope. Queen Barta. Princess Daphne. Or Princess Turd Ferguson. (laughs) (laughs) The fourth one. I'm ready. I'm ready. Sending confused vibes to Cody. The XGR, I have nothing. You must get wrong. You must get wrong. Do you want to repeat? (laughs) No, I don't need need a repeat. Man, that's killing me. Because I know what you're trying to do there, and it's working. Ten second clock. Ten. Nine. All right. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, I'm going to go with this one. Since we already All written right. down. I know, I, I, I want to say Daphne with Space Ace, so I'm going to say Princess Penelope. Penelope. <laughs> that sounds so crude. <laughs> I'm going, with, da- have, I'm going with Daphne. Daphne. We have a tie. We do have a tie. What was the one in Space Ace? Got it right. I don't know. Oh, I, don't I thought know that's that, 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 that uh, top of my head. See, I double backed on myself. Princess Daphne, though. I, I definitely know it's Daphne in in uh, Dragons Lair because I can remember playing it in the arcade. That's the thing. I played right. Space, Space Ace more than I played uh, Dragons Lair. Dragons Lair, yeah. I think yeah. I have too. I think Space Ace was better, to be honest. But honestly, I didn't like laser disc games. No, they were they weren't great. Did anyone ever see the Firefox Laserdisc game in the arcade? I did. Yeah, I, me uh, too. That was brilliant. Yeah, I think I did. I think yeah. I did see yeah, it. Yeah, it's really cool. All right, tiebreaker. You guys ready? Okay. Sure. All right, it, it all comes down to this. <clears throat> As it should. Who sold more albums in the U.S.? Oh, no. <laughs> well, you might know this. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you'll... Because it's going to be like something when I was four years old. So, Backstreet Boys or Boys to Men? It's the Battle of the Boys. Wow. Who sold more albums in the U.S., Backstreet Boys or Boys to Men? This wins it all. This wins it all. And if it and if this isn't it, I got another tiebreaker. <laughs> all right. I've got my pick. You feel nervous? So I'm nervous. Ready. Here we go. Unfortunately, Tim, Tim and I are going to tie. We both said Backstreet Boys, although Boys to Men was actually decent music. And it probably should have sold more albums, but I don't think it did. Yeah, I'm just remembering that the hits, really, Boys to Men was only really one big hit, wasn't it? But um, Few, but yeah. 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 You were both right, so we're still tied up. Backstreet Boys, okay? 
Here, here it is. The, the tie tie question. The tie tie question. So the Backstreet Boys won in the U.S. How many albums did they sell closest to the number? It's in millions. Okay. Closest one without going over. Without going over. No, let's not do that. No, don't do let's that. Let's not do that. Write well, down what you think it is. In millions. In millions. Whoever is closest. And this is wins. the Backstreet Boys. All albums combined. Boys. All albums combined in the U.S. Not world, in the U.S. Hmm. So what's platinum's a million, isn't it? Hmm. How many albums did they have? Gotta be more. Hmm. I'm gonna go with... I really have no idea. I don't even know how many a lot of albums is, so there we go. I got my number. It's probably too low, but I'm, it's probably too I'm high. Going with, I'm going with seven and a half million. And a half million. I'm going what with fifteen point three million. Fight. Fifteen point three million. They sold thirty-seven million in the what? U.S. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Cody and Boys to Men sold twenty-five million. Not bad. Wow. So not too shabby. Cody, congratulations! You uh, won well, by thank one. You. Well done, Cody. Thank you. Thank you. Actually, you won by what? What is it? Seven and a half, or did you win by seven and a half million? Uh, I thought. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think the last the last question is you get a point per per album that you know you <laughs> you were closer than Tim. So, <laughs> boom! Congratulations, well guys! Thank you, Eric. Great game show. I enjoyed that. All right, gentlemen. I guess that brings us, uh, I believe, to catching up. Yeah, let's do it. Catch up. Let's go ahead and catch up. Catching up with Eric and Cody. And Tim. And Tim. And Tim. Well, let me pull my notes up here. I guess I should have been doing that while the whole thing was playing. Catch a ride. Uh, So anybody listening at this point in the show already knows, but... um, Because I just did a Cody's Corner on it, but I got a bunch of... I went on a I went on a, uh, a buying spree for Vectrex stuff. Yes. Um, so go listen to Cody's Corner to hear more. But I picked up Vector Blade, which is an amazing, amazing uh, physical game. I picked up Dark Castle, which is an old game that was finally released and made physical. I also picked up a game called Quartz Quest, mm-hmm. um, which is this cool little like JRPG where you're a dragon. Uh, and I picked up another game called Frontier. And all these games have boxes and overlays, and they're gorgeous, and you should check them out. What is also cool is I also picked up, uh, when I purchased a Vector Blade, uh, for 10 bucks a piece from, I think it's VectrixMulti.com. Mm-hmm. 10 bucks a piece, I bought brand new <clears throat> overlays, which I love because I like to collect things that I can't just download to a cartridge for, like, other systems. Right. So to actually have overlays and then i have my sd card solution it's called the vec multi now i have the games and i could actually put you know the actual overlays in there i mean the original ones you know go for up to 100 bucks each yeah uh, for some of those games so to have a brand new perfect condition and they look identical yeah so very cool the 3d printing on that case looks really cool 
Absolutely. Yeah. I would I would pull it out and show everybody, except, like I said, I just did a big old Cody's Corner on it, and you can hop on the Pixel Guide and YouTube channel and watch it and see the exact items I own and go, okay. Nice. But they're super cool, because they all come in box. And for a dollar each, I bought little brand new, uh, uh, the little sheaths that you put the overlays in. Tim's seen me do the, the motion. You're sheathing. I am sheathing. <laughs> <laughs> and... There is more to come at a later date. I have stuff coming in the mail. That's awesome. I, I got to get that Vector stick. Blade. I'm getting that. Vector Blade is amazing. Yeah. And Tim, you probably just need to go ahead and pick up Vector Blade and, you know, a Vectrex. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. I'll just magic up a Vectrex. <laughs> uh, let me knock these out, too, really quick. Uh, on my Steam uh, purchases here, I picked up two games that I've talked about in the past, but I finally picked them up. Uh, actually, three games. Uh, the first one I'll talk about really quick was called Annalyn. I don't know if you remember that game. I do vaguely remember it. Um, you know what? Let me go ahead. Did you not be rubbing that into something? <laughs> it, it does sound like a cream or an ointment. Um, there, Tim, you can see my screen now, right? Yep. Annalyn. <laughs> Hold on. Let me just hide that. Let me just hide that. Uh Uh-oh. Um, You're pulling up some weird stuff. I saw some weird stuff in your Google search. No, there. I typed "anal" in. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Uh, anal in on Steam. Uh, anyways, I can't type. It's too far away. Here it is. There you go. <laughs> so, anyways, this game is. Um, it's supposed to be like an arcade, like a like, imagine like a, a late '80s arcade game. Yeah. But made nowadays. <clears throat> um, and I was excited about it because it looked good and it looked like classic arcade action. And um, we're never going to be able to see it because we're too busy looking up. This dude with blue hair. Yeah. Um, there we go. Skip ad. Boo. That looks really cool. Yeah, look at this guy. He's adorable. See, but like it's even vertically uh, aligned here. And there you go. There's your little... It looks almost like Pac-Man or uh, Mappy to a point. And here's this, this girl miner... Definitely has a Nintendo, like original Nintendo feel to it, like the the way the high score is up there, and the yeah, font, like even the font used. Nintendo arcade game. Yeah. What would you say, Taito or Taito? It looks like one of their games. Yeah. So it, it, is this on PC? Yeah, Steam. Okay. Uh, it wasn't great. It wasn't a great game. I I had a hard time. It wasn't clicking with me. Yeah. I don't know. What it, it looks like it should be great. Um, I'm gonna try it again. I'm gonna try to get into it, but it just. I think I might be missing something because it was just super hard. Okay. Um, which I don't feel like an arcade game should start off super hard. Not maybe. start off. No. Um, and then, like the Psycho Fox control method. Oh yeah, <laughs> that easy to grasp Psycho Fox control method. Um, and then I am so glad I picked this up. I've been wanting this for a while, and I wanted this one specifically on Steam. Okay. Or not Steam, but on PC. Yeah. Because it is based off the du- uh, Duke Nukem 3D Realms engine. Yeah. And it's basically, it's quite literally a new 3D Realms game called Ion. It used to be called Ion Maiden, but they were going to get sued. So they changed it to Ion Fury. Um, and it is a super cool. Uh, just imagine Duke Nukem 3D, but uh, instead of it being a chauvinist man, it's like a uh, chauvinist woman, if that's a word. <laughs> sure. <laughs> She's like. This, this badass that's like swearing and tearing people up and uh cussing at him but uh anyways the gameplay is very much you know late 90s duke nukem 3d 
Um, it looks even, good. They're even showing it being played on a CRT monitor with those nice big white rolling speakers. You can't beat that artificial CRT glow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, the game's great. I've, I've put hours into it. Um, really? Yeah. It looks good. And I haven't finished it yet because I got sidetracked, but it's you know one of those things that I will go back and, and beat it. I beat... Um, it's just like Duke Nukem was. It was divided into three like episodes. Yeah. Each one has like 15 levels. And I got about halfway through the second one so far, but... Pretty reasonably priced, too, eh? <laughs> did you just go Canadian? I did. <laughs> I went full Canadian. <laughs> um, What's that about? <laughs> about um, shut up, you hoser. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, it's. It, I think full price, it's like 20 bucks, but like, it went on sale for like 10 I'm like, yep, I'm buying it. Cool. But I wanted it with the mouse. You have to play these kind of games Absolutely. with a... With a you know, wazd and mouse. And then last but not least, I wanted to mention this one, which I told you I purchased. Um, it is called Gibbous. Okay. And you know me and my Cthulhu stuff. Um, of course, it's not going to pop up when I search for it. Gibbous. Gibbous Steam Cthulhu. It's a fun word to spell. There it is. The game Gibbous and Taketh Away. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Um, so here we go. We got video on the screen now for us to watch, not for you, you listeners, but it is gorgeously done and it is funny and hilarious and it is done very much. It's a point and click adventure. Point and click, okay. And it looks, yeah, it doesn't look very LucasArts or it, Lucas. It does. Um, and again, it's Cthulhu themed, so I love it. Um, I have completed the first three portions. I don't know how long it is, but. Uh, having a great time with it and the one i do have one issue with it so again my favorite point and click is sam and max i have the picture on the wall yeah and it's the most funny game ever and when i played it i play it on a lower power dos machine so it couldn't do the voices it only had text okay which is probably why i love it so much because in my head you fill in what their voices are and it makes it hilarious mm-hmm. i played it at a later date with voices and it's like it, it loses the humor okay it's like it sounds like it's trying too hard yeah so when I play these games, you can see it has the words over their head. Yeah. Well, it, it voices them. They have voiceovers. And, you know, vo- they're just voiceovers are never going to be great. They're just not. I mean, every once in a while you get, like, a really well done. They have to put a lot of time and get really good voice actors. Right. So the first thing I do is take the music, crank it up, sound effects up, voices all the way off. The thing I notice, which is a problem, is they have more than voices on that channel. So things will happen in the game and it'll just go quiet. Like explosions are happening, but there's no sound. So they put it on that channel. They put it on that channel, and I have it zeroed out because I just want to read it. Right. Um, Outside of that, it's 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 funny and hilarious, and you're this. You actually go back and forth between the the private eye and this like college student that was helping out at the library, and his cat uh, gets cursed by the Necronomicon, so the cat can start talking now. The whole time, the cat is just saying things like, "I've seen what you've done," (laughs) like. Oh, just because I didn't talk doesn't mean I haven't been here the whole time. Uh, it's hilarious. So I will leave it at that. It and, looks good. And move on. Yeah, I'm having a great time. I'm going to finish uh, both both of these last two games I've been talking about. So, Eric, you're next. So now that you have that screen up, if you could pull up. Real... Yeah, let's switch <clears throat> to another topic. <laughs> another topic. Hello. Switch. So these are a couple of the Switch games I got this month. Um Thalamus on Twitter was saying, hey, we're having a sale. And they said there there was a game called Rogue Aces. And 
I really like plane games, obviously. So airplane games, I should say. Not like boring plane, right, but plane. Exactly. And so I I saw that this game, I read about it, and I saw that it was only like, it was two bucks, I think. And with my points I already had, I think I got it for like 98 cents or something when I applied Big my spender. Nintendo points. So I went and got it. And I've been playing this off and on since I bought it, and I, I'm loving it. It's a game where you are a plane on an aircraft carrier, and you get these missions like shoot down five planes or um, bomb like a, a ammo depot. You can collect these little crates and get power-ups that you use later on in your plane, so you're constantly upgrading your plane. Um, you have gas, a gas meter along the top, and you there is a turbo button, so you can fly faster. So if you're trying to get away from somebody or whatever, if you take too much damage, though, you can't... Sometimes you can't climb as well, or you can't go as fast, or you lose something. I mean, you basically, different parts take of your plane take damage, you can't do certain things. But if you land back on your carrier you can replenish, get repaired, replenish your weapons, and then go and play again. So for those who are listening, it's a like a 2D side-on... Correct. Um, ...plane dogfight kind of a game. Yep, but there is bombing, too, and they haven't gotten over there yet. Hopefully he's going towards land right now. You get bombs and missiles that you can see on the right th- side there. So some of your missions will be like bomb five tanks or this ammo depot or whatever. And you have to go to the mission. Now, there's no time limit, so you can drop all your bombs, and if you don't blow up as many, you can go back to your carrier, grab more bombs. It's basically, you're just trying to complete the mission and without getting destroyed. And you have three planes to do that. Um, it's, a, it's kind of a simple game in its premise. The graphics are really nice, though. And it, again, it's dirt cheap. So and it, retro-inspired. And retro-inspired. Definitely retro-inspired. I actually own this on Steam. I just have only played a few minutes of it. Oh, really? Yep. And it, one, cool, one thing, when you go back to the carrier, you can either manually land or auto-land. This guy on the video is auto-landing. You don't get as many points. And when you get points, get points, you gain experience. And when you gain experience, you level up your pilot. So. It's like roguelite that way you kind of... It is. It's got very light roguelike elements. <laughs> um, and then the other things I want to talk about is I got uh, Nintendo reissued uh, Zombies yeah. Ate My Neighbors and Ghoul Patrol. <clears throat> and uh, if you haven't played those, they are kind of... Uh, I don't know how you'd even explain it. They are a beat-em-up kind of... Top, top-down uh, twin-stick shooter, kind of. Yeah, Yeah, I guess that's a better description of it. Zombies Ate My Neighbor is one of my favorite games on Super Nintendo. It's I love that game. Got tons of character. And I haven't played a ton of Ghoul, Ghoul Patrol, um, so I'm eager to kind of tap into it on the Nintendo Switch because it, it does have some kind of nice little upgrades, amenities to it. Like, it's now multiplayer, so you can oh, that'd have, be a, fun. have a friend join you in on that and... Do some other I things. can hear it just like when I see it on the screen. I can hear. Wasn't that a Konami game? I don't know. Was it? I believe it is. I have the cart behind me. I think it is Konami. I think it is Konami. Yeah. Looks like it. Do you, have you played a lot of these, Tim? No, not a lot. Oh, I love this game. This is like this is definitely my top five games on the Super Nintendo. 
It's on the Genesis as well. It is, yes. And, and some people say one version is better, the other is better. Mm-hmm. For me, the Super Nintendo is always going to be the best just because there's more buttons and it's much easier to switch between weapons and do what you want to do. Yeah. The controller makes it better. Yeah. The goal of... The control on the SNES is better for me. Yeah, the goal is to run around and try to grab all the people and babies and cheerleaders and basically the civilians that haven't been turned to zombies yet. And when you get them, you get points and you're trying to avoid them getting killed, which they do. And then you lose points for that. So well, I always try to think of real life situations like right now we're watching them in yeah. this like, hedge maze. Yeah. And there's just like a cheerleader fully dressed in her cheerleading outfit, like at the very end of this random corner of a hedge maze. Like right. what is she doing by herself cheering into a bunch of vines? Yeah. While there's zombies running around, like, I think I'd be going high. Well, I understand why she knows there's no zombies, because she's in the very end of the hedge yeah. maze. Which she's <laughs> removed herself from society so she can cheer for nobody. <laughs> I don't understand. Anyway. Excellent games, though. So then they're reissued on, uh, on the Switch. Tim, speaking of reissued. We've been testing, right? Yeah. So yeah, we've uh, well, we we Eric and I have been testing uh, Asteroids RX by Happy Coding on Twitter. Is that right, Eric? Yes. So yeah, Asteroids RX is a basically a direct port of the arcade version of Asteroids, and uh, he has been doing some work on it to soup it up um, to put some extra features into it. Um, Cody, uh, we uploaded this one. Did you uh, get a chance to play on this yeah, one? Yeah, I did play a little of that, and that's kind of what I noticed. I'm like, it's exactly like the arcade. Hey, I, it's brilliant, though. I mean, it really is very, very well done. And it seems to be getting better and better with every iteration that he does. Yeah, I'm really super impressed with how he's uh, got this um, really converted well over onto the Spectrum. Uh, the vector graphics look really, really good on it. Um, there's some uh, neat animations on the on the ship. Uh, the sound effects are really on point. Um, it's looking like a really good conversion. So if you don't know, um, Happy Coding also did the version of Jetpack. Uh, the reimagined version of Jetpack. Do you remember that, guys? Yeah. Yeah, that was great. So anyway, yeah, uh, we've got a new version of Asteroids to play about with, and we've been testing it. Uh, I know Eric and I have been having some fun with this, and um, we're going to continue to bash away at it, see if we can get some more high scores on the go. I think this has been a high score challenge on the Discord server on Amigo's Retro channel. Is that right? I think I've seen something about that. Yep. So maybe they're doing that for an up and coming episode of R Sinclair, I guess. But um, yeah, we've been having fun with Asteroids RX. Uh, Just to say that one's not on general release yet. Um, I think it's just been a private closed beta test uh, for a few of us. So it'll be available soon. Next up is another one, Freaky Fish DX. Uh, so yeah, the uh, the guy uh, Chris, the coder of Freaky Fish DX, um, he put out a tweet on on Twitter, funnily enough, um, that he wanted someone to test out uh, Freaky Fish DX, the cartridge version on the uh, Kung Fu Flash um, because he didn't have one. So obviously myself being a Kung Fu Flash owner, I reached out and offered to help to see if I could uh, test it for him. So yeah, I've done a little bit of testing for that this month as well. And Freaky Fit, 
Freaky Fish is on the C64. Yep, that's right. Yep, I just want to make sure we clarified that one. So yeah, whilst doing the testing, I also managed to do a Twitch stream on that um, and uh, did some streaming on Freaky Fish DX and also on Asteroids RX. Now, I didn't see it, but did, are we planning on putting any of those streams um, on you, on our YouTube channel? Uh, yeah, maybe. I'm pushing that YouTube channel, Tim. I think the stream I did has disappeared now. Yeah. I was going to upload it, but I think by the time I actually got to um, get that sorted, I think it had disappeared. Gotcha. I don't know. I honestly don't know very much about Twitch. Uh, I went on the Twitch to see if you put it there too, but it looked like it was blank. So I don't think it, it must disappear or something. Yeah, I think they only last for about seven days. So uh, over to you, I think, Cody. I have sad news. Yeah. I sold my final pinball machine. Sold it? Did you get good money for it without without telling us? Don't reveal it. Yeah, no, Did you I, get good I, money? So when I was... I, I want pinball machines again, first of all. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. we are looking to move. So I thought, I'm never going to get around to fixing this last one. It had a motherboard issue. And I think I know what the issue was, but I didn't want to go through all the time and effort of trying to, like, desolder things and put new things on there. And if it fails, then sending it off to somebody who's going to charge 300 bucks. And Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to sell it on. And, uh, yeah, just uh, even since I bought it not used and resold it not used, it's gone up, like, twice in price because everything right now is up a ton. Yeah, everything. So I can't complain, but I really wanted my pinbot to be up and running. And it did not do that, so I'm a little sad right now. But the goal is uh, when I when we get the new place eventually, wherever and whenever that might be, to purchase more pinball machines. Now, I hope this is somewhat exciting. I have a box that arrived today from from Goodwill, from oh. shopgoodwill.com. What? And I'm going to open it here. It's it's. I spent I think forty dollars on this box. Oh. And it was like a jumble of stuff. And I, some of it I could identify, some of it I couldn't. Okay. So I thought it'd be a fun grab bag. There's one item in particular I'm hoping is a real one and not a fake one. But it could be completely wrong. So I'm just going to open this real quick. Okay, Tim, we're going to take a look at this. So this is a pretty, uh, for our listeners, this is a box that is about, I don't know, a foot and a half by... I think I'm still screen sharing. So let me... Uh... By eight inches, a foot and a half by eight, eight inches. I don't know. Pretty medium sized box. Hold on, let me uh, lower the camera so Tim can partake. Ooh, look at that box. Said box. Hmm, Tim can see said box. It, I actually am impressed because last, uh, when we first started ordering stuff from Shop Goodwill, because you were telling us about it, uh-huh. it would be like a box with no padding and like three Game Boys just bashing around on there, yep. kicking parts off each other. I've had horribly shipped stuff. And uh, this one is, I could feel, is tightly packed and there's fragile stickers all over it. Yep. And no, I was uh, pretty impressed with the quality of the box. So again, 40 bucks. That looks like some good packing. So you never know, you could have some real treasure in that box, huh? Right. Yeah, well, you guys heard about that Atari cartridge that went for $10,000 on Shop Goodwill yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yep, I did So I'm going to try not to look and just pull stuff out of here. Um, I think it's called Air Raid was the one that went for crazy money. Yeah. Oop, that's the one I'm going to save for last. Uh-oh. All right, item number one. Whoa, look at that. <laughs> it's an Atari joystick of a sort. Uh, Looks like some kind of wireless deal, though, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. 
It's got an RF, yeah, an IR window in the front. Yeah. Uh, and a battery thing. So I don't know if that is, maybe that's part of a um, flashback. I don't know. flashback. 2600 did have wireless controllers that were infrared that went to the actual device. I think they were bigger than those, though, I think. Gotcha. Oh, what is this? I got a bright yellow gun. Wow, look at that. Uh, this, oh, check this out. That's a revolver. Oh, how, guys, this is cooler than I thought. See, this is what I was hoping to find, like, stuff I didn't know. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to cover up some things. It is called American Laser Games Game Gun. Yeah. That looks like a proper revolver. There you go. And then without looking, I'll show you. It oh. is a DB9 controller. Yeah. DB9, what the heck? So I'm like, what is this for? I, I still don't completely know. It's got a nice metal trigger, but right here on the side, it says 3DO. Super cool. Oh, wow. A 3DO. So it's a 3DO, which I had no idea what it was for. Yeah. That's what, actually pretty sweet. I wonder how many games there are for it. That's pretty sweet. That's way cool. And I have a 3DO. Yeah. That, see, I mean, that alone made it worth it to me. That's so cool. It's a 3DO gun, huh? That's really cool, isn't it? I'm sure they have some terrible FMV games sure. that I could... Shoot. Like Mad Dog McCree. Yeah, shoot some pixelated bad guys. Dude, that is cool. That is way cool. I'm excited about that. Alright, I think I found the rest of... Here we go. Oh, okay. Now I'm, now I'm a little bummed. So I got, I got an Atari flashback. Yeah, I like that. I mean, uh, I don't have one, but that one's pretty neat. It's a, it's a five. What does that mean? And, and it does have the IR in the front, so that's what it's for. Okay. I was hoping this was a flashback two. Okay. Because the Atari flashback two is the one that actually has, um, a rep like a replica, yeah, a rep replica of the actual Atari twenty six hundred, and so you can modify it to put your own cartridges in. It is an actual Atari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could like ha hack it to put ROMs on there and stuff. That's what I wanted to do, but this is just a five. Uh, eh. Oh well. Yeah. Doorstop. Um, I got. Some paddles. Atari paddles. Those are the real deal. Why not? Yeah. Uh, I've got... Um, oh, look a Mrs. at that. A Mrs. Pac-Man... Uh, what do you call these? Yeah, plug-in. It looks pretty beefy. Play some Mrs. Pac-Man on that. Yeah. Why not? Or else I'll just completely gut it and turn it into something else. Cool. Yeah, stick a Pi Zero in there and... Stick a pie in it. Uh, doo -doo -doo. Stick a pie up its wazoo, am I right, Tim? Wow. Uh, here is a, a baggie full of various power supplies and cables. Oh. Nobody should be without a nope. box of cables. Exactly. I have a giant box in my garage with just power supplies in it. I am now the proud owner of a Retro Duo NES and Super Nintendo... Oh! Aftermarket yeah. game device. Is that by Retrobit? It looks like uh, it. Yeah, I think it is. Yes, it is. It is? Does it, it say it? It is. Look, it's, yeah. it's on the top. Right on the top. There it is. I've got the controllers. It's complete. I've got, the, got a Retro Duo. It looks complete. Yeah. Cool. Why not? If the, if the EverDrive works in there, that's pretty sweet, because it means you can get it up on probably HDMI or something, right? Yeah, I mean, it should. It's not an emulation device. These ones are actual, um, yeah. you know, hardware on a chip. But yeah. And then this is the one I'm hoping for the best here. Okay, okay, and okay. I think, I think it's real. 
All right. Which makes uh, me excited. Uh, uh-oh. Here's the controllers. Little Ninten- Nintendo-style controllers. With the... With the chunky but funky. Nope. The little, uh... For the classic. And it is... Oh... What? Nope. It's not real. <laughs> what is it? It's a, it's a fake Nintendo classic. You could stuff a pie in it. <laughs> no, I mean it's a, it's the one of those probably that you get on Amazon says like six thousand and one. Oh, you probably weird. get like Super Mario Brothers and Super Luigi Brothers and Super Sonic Mario Brothers Advanced and Naked Mario and. You don't have a classic. I do have a classic. classic. Oh, okay, you but just for forty three bucks, one? these things are going for like two hundred bucks. Are the they? real ones are yeah. So I was uh, hoping this was I, a real one, but it I, is not. I'm out of touch. I had a. That looks like it could be fun. The one that you could. Uh, do some mods with gut that and stick a pie up its wazoo stick a pie in it anyways it was fun that that is the box oh man I'm, so, I'm sorry it ended up in disappointment no i mean i, I fully expected it that retro duo is cool though the retro duo is cool and I, i'm honestly i'm most excited about this gun yeah <laughs> that thing's way cool we americans really love our guns yeah guns 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 it's 3DO. I mean, how yeah. often do you find a 3DO item in your Goodwill box? I'd love to know how many games actually uh, support that. If, I mean, if it's three or four, that's a, that's kind of fun. Well, maybe I'll research that while you guys move along to the next topic here. <laughs> we got to re- refresh, refresh. Hey, it's me. So ever since, ever since I shoved a mister up the wazoo of a case, of a 3D printed wedge case... Um, I, I, I run it off of an SD card, but I, I do have an external hard drive that I plug into the USB ports on the back of the mister so that I can basically run bigger files like ISO files for the Sega CD core and big hard drive files for the 486 core, uh, stuff like that. So but it's kind of cumbersome to move the mister around when there's an external hard drive. You know, you got to unplug it and plug it back in, and I end up losing the hard drive, and I have to look around and find it. So I decided to ever. So I've always wanted to install a hard drive internally, and there's not a lot of room that's left in that 3D printed wedge case that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was happened to be on Twitter, and I saw. Um, do you guys follow Todd Gill? Yeah. He's got a little store called uh, Retro Frog. Yeah. He made a 3D printed enclosure for a small hard drive that plugs into USB. It basically just has a SATA to USB adapter in it. But his is a really nice 3D printed frame for it. So I basically took half of that and found a way to wedge it in there. And it fits in there perfectly. There's just enough room to put it in there and not even enough room to put the right screws in. So I had to use double-sided tape to actually mount it inside of it. But so I, I, I basically popped that in there, plugged it all in. It works perfectly. So now my particular mister has a 500 gig SD card and a 500 gig SSD drive all built into the same system. So there's nothing hanging off of it. There's nothing like that. It's just all that is internal to it. Nice and clean. Nice and clean, and it works really well. So if you, it's called, what did he call it? He calls it the Maze, M-A-S-E. Maze. I don't know what it stands for, Mr. something. I have no idea. But it basically allows you to install 
basically the the 3D printed cases that usually come with the Mister. It, you can mount it to the bottom of it so that you have a little cube that is the Mister with all the different layers of circuit boards. But at the bottom, you could put an SSD or a SATA hard drive in the bottom of it. So anyway, that was a big project, and it's all done, and I'm pretty happy with it. It works really well. Nice, nice, excellent. Yep. Speaking of working really well, what's going on, Tim? <laughs> could you? I'll tell you what's not working really well. This yeah. is Cody. Yeah. Um, if you look at my the computer behind me, I've been recording on ZenCaster for about two minutes now. Oh no! <laughs> what did we miss? The, the record button is what I missed. Oh no! Uh, we're recording now, so let's just finish out the show, and we'll figure out what we can go back to later. Okay. <laughs> uh, hey, Tim. Hello. <laughs> oh, jeez. Look, it, it looks like I you feel got, defeated. You got a, a lot going on. I do. Um, <laughs> could you move the camera up slightly? As much as I look, look like looking at your guys' lovely legs. <laughs> uh, hey, let's take a look at what we got here, buddy. Gonna have a scratch. <laughs> I have no idea if that's now looking in the right direction for you here or not. That's looking good. All right, that's good to know. Hear me. I've got to pull this lot out carefully. <laughs> wow! Oh so man! I've got another massive um, bunch of games. Um, I won't go through them all. I, I'll just I'll just show you guys. Um, so yeah, it was a, a Spectrum and Commodore sixty four pickup. Uh, so there was a fair few games. Um, so there's some budget relief, budget titles in there, um, some full price titles uh, for Commodore 64. So we've got Elevator Action, um, Fruit Machine Simulator, or Slot Machine Simulator, as you guys call it, uh, Super Cycle, uh, the official Father Christmas, apparently. <laughs> uh, the official yeah, Father Christmas. The Quest for the Golden Egg Cup. Um, so that was a few of the Commodore 64 ones. I, I think I'm feeling another Tea Time with Tim grab bag moment <laughs> yeah. for, for next month. <laughs> That's, that sounds like a good idea. Um, and this one that I think Eric might be interested in. Oh, nice. I've Micro never seen pros. a gunship in that case. Yeah. Um, well, so, it's the Spectrum right there. Yeah, it's, oh, it's the Spectrum version. It, That's it right. It says it's the disc version. Okay. But... It's actually da, 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 a lie. Uh, the tape version. It's the tape version. Hey, so the the manuals in there. The manual is the main thing I love about Gunship. Yeah, that is. I have such good. So see, I have such great memories of that. Different covers as well. So yeah, this one's got the the cover that matches that, and that one's got the original Gunship cover. So have you got that, Eric? I do not for the Spectrum. No, well, not at all for the Spectrum. But I didn't know if you've got it for the sixty-four or what. I do, I do, I definitely. That was one of the early things I went to go grab early on. Like, uh, and I have the full version. Well, that one, my I, friend, I, is yours for the next. Oh, box. nice! That's a In pretty good box. looking box. That too. is a great looking box. Yeah. And uh, hey, did 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 the Spectrum version of that come with a keyboard overlay? Uh, it did, but uh, whoa, now. Now you're asking because the keyboard overlay will obviously be different because the keyboards. Are different. It would be very different yeah. for the Spectrum, I, I imagine. I think it probably did, but unfortunately, those don't. Um, okay, I know I, gotcha. I have got another couple of copies. So if I do have the overlay, I'll I'll run a copy off for you and, and put it in there. Uh, so a couple of others, just a few quick highlights. Uh, Operation Thunderbolt, 
nice spectrum that's a, that's a cool game old. yeah and uh i feel the need the need for top gun <laughs> Oof. <laughs> uh shadows of mordor which is uh uh game two of the lord text. of rings that text yeah. adventure yeah um and return of the jedi and star wars on the spectrum right. yeah uh, target renegade which is a good one and a compilation called hot shots which has got uh, mind shadow by activision gyron by firebird shadow fire by beyond and fighting warrior by melbourne house fighting warrior fighting fight um the most original game ever made and there's one here, fighting warrior and there's one here for cody because i know you like oh. this game. pipe mania Oh, that oh. is a good game. <laughs> that, that's actually a great game. That, on the ZX Spectrum? No, that is Commodore 64 cassette. Oh, wow. Nice. That, and so it's in a little uh, cardboard yeah, box. Yeah, quite quite a few of them came in the, in the cardboard. Towards the end of the 80s, early 90s, they started to change that. So, yeah, there is the tape. Well, that would be a full-price game then. That's it comes right, in a yeah. fancy little cardboard Absolutely, box. yeah, yeah. So there we go. And of course, a full price, full price game over here was about sixty dollars. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> there's two bin, which is that, quite a cool I remember little, always try, cool, cool little game. That game always looked cool, but I always remember trying to play it in the arcade, and I just could yeah, not handle it. Controls and it um, was very bizarre. This is this is one I haven't really played an awful lot of called Mean Streak, which is a, a motorbike game. But actually, I don't know if you can see it there on the back. Um, it actually looks really. cool quite cool i've never really played that one i've seen it almost like an i almost like an isometric view almost like zaxxon or something or even sort of like um yeah it is it it almost looks like a a, the zaxxon scrolling style yeah Um, but yeah that that'd probably be a good one to play um so yeah that was that's that pickup i won't bore too much with it but um yeah there's some, some some more of these will be coming out to you guys as well in the next box cool and i owe you a calculator (laughs) (laughs) um i'll touch on this one real quick if i can find it oh here it is down here i'm back i finally got my wonderswan flash mastercart i love the case yeah that is all what's that i love the case on that it looks really cool yeah it's it's 3d printed but it's really well done they got two little colors in there which is neat and then when you plug it in and uh, with the USB to put games on it, a little red light flashes right there in the F. Yeah, it's um, you can't see it unless it's on, and it lights up the case. It's kind of I don't know. It's impressive. I like. I mean, it, it, the main thing for me is it works really well. The one I got works really well, unlike yep. the Neo Geo Pocket Color one I have, which really is clunky and doesn't work really well. I know you have a better version of well, that. This, uh, yeah, this one does work really well for the Wonder Swan. The Flashmaster works really well for the Wonder Swan. And so basically, it's a cartridge for my handheld Japanese Wonder Swan device. Yeah, uh, Eric, we've talked about in the past because he's got one of these already. Yeah, uh, I've been putting it off, and now I finally figured out I need to have it. And you can put up to 16 games at a time onto this. Right. Which is about how many games there are in English. Exactly. So it's pretty much the entire English library. Um, cool. But yeah, I've been playing Judgment Silver Sword. Oh, man. <laughs> Judgment Silver Sword is such a great game. I, I, I mean, I don't know if you love it as much as I do, but I love that game. I, 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 I can't do get love it. 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 Mine doesn't have the fancy light-up screen. 
Oh, yeah. So uh, it's hard for me to enjoy it as much as you <laughs> probably enjoy well, it. Well, we got to do a screen upgrade for you. Well, and it doesn't work on this one because I've got the... At the time when I bought this, yeah. this was the one to get, and these were going for a lot. And this is the the fanciest one they made, the Wonder Swan Crystal, which has this really nice color screen, all kinds of upgrades, uh, but the ones that they now put the color, the upgraded bright LED screen in yeah. is a standard... Uh, Wonder Swan color, yeah. which were going for like 30 bucks forever. Now they're going for like 200 Yeah, I and got these, in just at the right time. And these are like 60 <laughs> These dropped like from 150 yeah. down to 60 So that 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 that, it, that mod, it makes a huge difference to me. At oh, least. yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm glad I did mine and my Neo Geo Pocket Color. I need to pick one of those up because I still don't have a Wonder Swan. Yeah, they're fun. So they're I very wanna, Japanese. I want to show you guys something. It's a big deal for me. <laughs> so I ended Look at up. That. Look at that. I ended up getting this is the very first video game console I ever had as a kid. Got it in the late 70s. This is the Telstar Ranger. I love it. I love those. Check old, that out. Big old so chunky cool. thing. So it's by Coleco, the Coleco Telstar Ranger. Yep. This game has Pat yeah, that pops out. You can just pull that right out. That little controller. So there, the one thing that my ver so my version works perfectly, uh, and that little controller has a wire usually that will go from that to the to the base. It didn't come with the wires. Yeah, but it's I, like a coax cable. I'm almost. gonna find it. I think it exactly is a coax cable. Yeah. So I'm gonna like look in my garage and see if I have longer coax cables for that. But this one had all sorts of games like high lie tennis or whatever. But if you listen to my segment when I talked about that, I talked a lot about this gun. gun. Again, we're back to the yeah. guns. <laughs> guns, 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 guns. America! So there's a big old revolver that came with it, plugs into the console, and it basically has skeet shooting and stuff like that. But when my console, my Telstar Ranger broke as a kid and we threw it away, I, 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 I kept this and then I cut this cord off with a thing and used it as a gun yeah. like just to play with as a kid. Yeah, that's awesome. But um, and I love how this gun plugs in with a full-on like five-pin. It does, yeah. It's got like a big din. It's a connector, yeah, yeah. It's a five-pin din connector, and it, and it, I gotta say, boom, 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 boom. like I've passed up a lot of these on auction. Um, Ooh, that's actually kind of fragile. It is, yeah. It is. Um, Cody break. I passed. <laughs> exactly, Cody brings it. No, putting it back. My memories. Um, Put it in the box of but broken But it's pretty dreams. cool. That there's like exactly, exactly, Tim. <laughs> there's like a switch, beginner, intermediate, pro, and there's like handball, hockey, tennis, target. Like there's a lot of like cool pong games, but like I, I did sit down with my daughter and we were playing pong, and she, you know, after about two minutes, she was like, "Okay, I gotta go. I gotta, I got something else to do. <laughs> I gotta go. I've gotta go." Uh, really, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. It's, it's hard to keep these kids. I, I didn't. I, I need to go and do the dishes. Need to wash up. <laughs> I've got to go scratch my fingernails on a chalkboard real quick. Excuse me. So anyway, I'm reliving some of my nostalgic past, past on this, but this was the exact model. But I posted this on Twitter, a picture of it, saying, hey, this is my, my childhood console, and I loved it, and all this. And so do you, I don't know if you guys listened to The Retroist, the podcast. No. Nope. Um, I love it. It was one of my favorite podcasts. But he jumped in and was like, he, he, he did a private message to me. He was like, hey, I got this. Coleco Telstar system, 
And if you want it, I'll send it to you. Like, I'll, I'll send it to you. It doesn't quite work. The video doesn't work on it, but you can hear the sounds and everything. So the logic works and everything. And so he sent it to me. And I, I didn't bring it because it's actually really large. But he kept such good care of it. He has the he had the manual yeah, still. Nice. Oh, that's the and one so with the, the steering wheel. Yes. Yep. It's the one with the steering yes. wheel. So it's, tri- it's triangular. triangular. Yep. And um, <laughs> it it basically has like um, a steering wheel, a gun side, and like pong side, yeah. and it has cartridges. It was one of the first systems that there's like these cartridges that are triangular that pop into the top there. In the middle. Yep. And so there's nice. like, th- and I think there was only three cartridges came out with, it, and I have two of them. I'm missing one. I'm, I have one Ooh, and three. Gotta collect them all. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna look com- for them. Complete collect that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I am in the middle of repairing it. I need to replace the uh, the the video cable because it's all frayed, and then also the RF modulator. There probably is something wrong with that too. Yeah, so I got to always fail. Yep. So I'm going to take the best part out. is Sharon has her drive highest scores back here. Yeah. Uh, and they're all set on the same day. Like anybody who sets high scores, you do it one day and you never write them down again. That's right. <laughs> so on October fourth, nineteen eighty one, she got three hundred and twenty two. Wow. Nice. So if you can. If you can beat Sharon, yeah, then you are a better man than I. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Very I got cool. that. That's a little project I'm working on. I'm gonna hope. I'm gonna try to keep it out of the box of broken dreams and Spe- try to fix it. Speaking of computers named after fruit, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I have my Apple II. Um, what is it? Euro Plus or whatever it is, um, and. When I picked that up, it was I just knew nothing about them, um, and I opened it up and it had a load of cards in inside the inside the Apple, uh, the expansion cards, and one of them had a Microsoft logo on it, and I thought, well, that was really weird, and it looked like the very early, you know, sort of like seventies Microsoft logo, um, so I um, uh, reached out and uh, Josh at 48k ram josh malone who's one of our wonderful patrons and a good friend um he identified that as a soft card so that is soft card. yeah uh, essentially it's a cpm card so it allows you to run cpm on a apple II. So it's got the z80 processor and all that sort of stuff on there but i had nothing with it so i couldn't even get this card to run or whatever um no no way of knowing what to do with it um and then i was looking on ebay uh, the other day, and the Apple twos are rare over here anyway. There was never very many, yeah. um, but and and then to actually have something to do with the soft card over here is like extremely rare. But what I actually found was this, which is the complete manual set for the soft card. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And I paid twenty pounds for this. Um, it's incredible. It's. The manual is all in. It's got two two volumes of the manual, so it gives you all the commands and all that sort of stuff. Um, there's a uh, even a a Mostec Z80 reference, so a reference for the actual processor, so telling you all about the registers and the states and all that sort of stuff. That's the detail that Microsoft went into on that, even telling you about the chip that it runs on. Um, and there was a there's a an actual boot disk as well, which is one of the things that I was really lacking uh, to try and get it working. 
Um, so now I've got all the instructions and I've got the disc and everything like that. And I think making that complete makes that soft card work around worth around about 300 pounds, something ridiculous like that. Wow. <laughs> nice. And there are bringing it back to gaming. Uh, there are games on CPM like Zork and stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, I think there are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the one of the main things that kind of drove, especially over here in the UK, that drove the CPM market here was the Amstrad PCW six one, uh, not six one two eight two five six and eight five one two, which was like a little grey all in one computer with two three and a half inch disk drives and a printer and all that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, because it was by Amstrad and they sold qu quite a few of them over here, um, a lot of the companies jumped on the bandwagon and produced a lot of games for it. So there was all the Infocom games were available for it. Um, uh, oh, I don't know, Ocean produced games. There was version of like he Head Over Heels and that sort of thing because they were 3D isometric, um, essentially, you know, black and white games. Um, you could do them so they ran on the green screen quite happily. Um, so, they, yeah, there was a load of games released for that. Um, right. quite, quite unfortunately, rare. unfortunately, when you load up that floppy disk, you're going to find out that it has Oregon Trail on it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> someone, someone wiped it out. I don't mind that because I love Oregon Trail anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I'll just touch really quickly on this one. I, long story short, have been playing with, with my MSX again. I yeah. love that computer so much. Yeah, me too. Uh, and I dipped my toe into a couple of the upcoming dev competition games that yeah. we were thinking about doing mm -hmm. together. We should absolutely do it. I played one in particular that I just absolutely loved. I won't give anything away. Um, but, yes, the MSX dev competition. We need to play some MSX games shortly. And hopefully we can find time to produce a separate special edition of Pixel Gaiden. That would be fun. Sounds where we judge me. people's lifelong passion projects and tear them apart with our harsh words. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Perfect. Eric, you got a... Speaking Just a of quick... controlling things. <laughs> controlling. Kind of. So I know you have this one already, but you have the 9-pin version, right? That goes... In, I know yes. you you play it with your ZX Spectrum next, so it's the 8-bit Doe M30 2.4 gigahertz one. Controller. Um, controller, yeah. So it's like a almost like a Saturn one. It's got six buttons like a Sega Saturn one. Uh, it's got the D-pad and buttons. It's and really I, nice. It's, these are really nice, and I bought the same exact one you have. Um, but it didn't work in any other 9-pin other than the Sega Genesis. I tried it in my Commodore 64. I tried it in, in uh, a regular ZX Spectrum, Kempston. Because I think they have power. Correct. Something like that. One pin has power on it, which the other ones don't. Yep. So I have it, and I'm waiting for my next, and I will use it on my it works next. Works on the next, yeah. But guess I. So I went and bought another one. Oh, he's opening another. I'm opening beer. a beer. You finished what you're saying, my friend. Yep. So I bought another one that is USB because I love the form factor. This has the right weight and feel to it. Yes. Um, and it works on my Mister. So I'm using this as my main Mister handheld controller now, I, and I'm loving it. it I've actually been great. considering buying another one of those for same purpose for yeah. usb it's just usb and i got it and and the, the thing is like on uh amazon they're actually pretty cheap like they're pretty inexpensive so anyway yep so i got two of those now and i'm, I'm i want to open a beer man well, we are cracking open another brewski 
Yeah, so... It's the second one I bought. So I'm going to open mine, and you tell me what it is. It is Golden Guava. Golden Guava? Yes, it is an IPA with guava. Sweet Christmas. From Track 7 Brewing Company, right here in Sacramento, California. 6.5 alcohol percent by volume, and you get one full pint. 12 ounces. India Pale Ale with guava, and this is kind of interesting, because Track 7 is kind of a bigger brewery around here, around Sacramento, even though it's a local one. But the, I've never seen a can like this. They always have the same kind of graphics and mm-hmm. logos, but this is completely different. So that's another... Cheers! Cheers! Let's again, blow this up! That, gentlemen. Cheers, guys. So that's another tall boy, is it? It is another tall... We say tall boy, but really, if you pour it out, it's one pint. Yeah. Which is the I'm gonna have some English way of saying it. Because it is roasting in here already. <laughs> Yeah, I could see the uh, the sun coming in your window and sparkling That's your insane. face. So, uh, this is a bit. This is the bit a bit to get around. Really? Hmm. So, what, what are you going to rate that, guys? It's an interesting. I, I, it's an interesting flavor. So, this is the second one of these I've had. I want to see where you go with it without okay. without tainting your description. So, is it fruity at all, or is it just like, oh, that's an IPA? <laughs> oh, it's fruity. <laughs> oh, it is fruity. It's fruitier than an apple too. <laughs> exactly. Mm. I think you get used to it as you go. Oh. Usually, I, usually I'm more sensitive to the fruit notes than you. Yeah, this one. Ooh. <laughs> I got to think about this. You pick so, a rating so you're system. Rate it. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna drink it because I'm thirsty. But my goodness, this is sweet. Sweet as the Dickens. <laughs> well, I think you just rated it. Yep. <laughs> I think I think the uh, the rating scale is going to be what what sort of exclamation do you make without even meaning to? And your your rating scale is whoop, sweet as the Dickens. Um, I think goodness. I'm going to go with a okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm going to give it a woof, <laughs> woof, woof. I, so I've had one of these. And and up front you're like yeah it, it smells like you walked into like a uh, an old lady tchotchke store yeah <laughs> like a there's little store? bags of and have you heard the word tchotchke nope tchotchke nope. they're like little doodads you put on your mantle like little gadgets and gizmos a plenty like little statues you know like how old people have like little statues of yes. you know little yeah. girl yeah. and a little cat and yeah. It's ceramic and... Tchotchkes, little things you yeah. own for no reason other than just yeah. to have them. Okay, we, I'd, um, I'd call that junk. <laughs> <laughs> junk sure. that works too. Anyway, so stores are usually made up with like little wooden scarecrows with like hair made out of straw. And then there's a little bowl next to it with old flowers in there that just smell like perfume. And that's what this is. Yep. Okay, there, there's, yeah, there's another English word for that. It's southeastern, so it comes from sort of like Kent and Essex. And it would be a word that's called, it's, it's called jank. 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 Yep. Oh, jank. <laughs> now that you mention it, it does, it does taste like you're drinking a glass of potpourri. potpourri. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> yeah. Kinda Very does. Ar- aromatic. All right, moving on, Tim. Holy crap. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of cleaning out your mouth hole. <laughs> wow. We're going to have to rate this. I heard we, got, we, got, we, we just did. did. My just answer did. was, <laughs> okay. It's, it's, All right. And you got a woo. Is it, is it Howling Gourds woo? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. This is a, I don't feel this is going to make me sick, but. What, really? It, there's a decent IPA underneath okay. the. Right. 
you've just got to bear with it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tim, tell us about cleaning discs. Yeah, please. Yeah, okay, so so I haven't even opened this one yet. Uh, so uh, Neil um, from RMC Retro, um, who is yeah. also um, one of our fellow Amigos Retro Gaming Network um, chaps, for the want of a better word. Chap. Um, he... You're not going to go with... You're not going to go with junk or <laughs> <laughs> jank. What was the other one? Jank. 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 Yep. Um, so he sent out a tweet the other day um, saying that he's been trying to find a good three and a half inch disc cleaner. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys know the three and a half inch disc. They suffer quite a bit from um, dust or jank. <laughs> build okay. build it okay. up on the disc on the actual magnetic disc inside um and so to to try and save those you can actually clean them off with a little bit of ipa if you're really really gentle um but it's a pain trying to actually turn the disc and clean it because you've got to turn that metal bit underneath and try and find a way to do it so he's actually 3d or he's someone that he knows or whatever as 3d printed it's a little disc holder so you put the disc into there and that slides across the metal part of the, the disc cover of the three and a half inch disc. And then Holds you it open. slot that thing underneath the disc and it turns it um, and it allows you to then um, sort of like nicely be able to clean inside the disc on the actual um, uh, magnetic <laughs> disc inside. So, yeah, I, I just bought one of those because uh, funnily enough, I had a, a a big load of discs that I pulled out from somewhere that I've had for years. And I've just been trying to clean some of those off to see if I could actually get them going. Cause some of them are my old original Amiga discs. Um, so yeah, that's where you keep all your pirate games. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and some of my, um, attempts at Amiga 68,000 coding. So some of my sort oh, that'd be cool is on there. Not that I actually, I think I've got managed to get a picture, an IFF pictured display or something like that and play some music in the background. Um, but yeah, so I got that. Um, and that is available on his Etsy shop or however you pronounce it. Um, I think it was about, I don't know, four or five pounds something like that it's not hugely expensive. oh that's not bad 25 shipped to america yeah. exactly <laughs> um so yeah that was that was just a, a handy little thing that i bought um and i just wanted to try it out and it's even includes a little note with it oh saying, a little thank, thank you, you card <laughs> so you heard it here first on pixel guide and next month tim will be releasing uh tim's program number seven rx <laughs> Right? You're, yeah. You're going to update and enhance your original programming. <laughs> Something like that. So, uh, the uh, next item. Cody, you're up next. You've been. Yeah, do you recognize the name of this game, Tim? <laughs> um, it's called Super Arcade Racing. It's very generic, isn't it? It's very generic, but this is what's funny about this. I've been looking at this game for years and years, and I finally bought it when it was like a buck ninety nine on Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because on the back of every single one of these episodes for or issues for like a year and a half of, of retro, retro gamer retro gamer mag yeah uh, right on the back you know super arcade racing they advertised on the back of retro gamer for like years uh-huh. right so i finally bought it when it got dropped down to a buck 99 and eric you picked it up as well did you I, not i did pick it up and i haven't had a ton of time to play but i am loving it loving it <laughs> when it it feels like um 
I mean, it feels kind of like supercars, but so much more. Yeah. I mean, the gameplay is not any, not much. Um, no, the, the mechanics more is in not depth. A lot of difference, yeah. It's just fun. Yeah. I mean, it, the 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 bottom line is it is fun, and it's not a punishing game. I wouldn't say I ever felt like I was like uh, it was challenging, but I wasn't cheated. Um, There's there is challenge though. Oh, definite challenge, absolutely. And you do these races. Uh, different settings like dirt roads or snow or city tracks um there are little pads of course like any of these good top-down racing games where you hit them and they give you a boost a boost yeah um you can actually um draft behind cars to get a pickup from behind their their aerodynamics yep and then depending on which place you come in you make some money and then you can use that money in the garage to upgrade your car uh and then you can buy different paint colors and different different cars you can drive in and then you can even mix match a lot if you of want the front the yeah. middle or the back of any particular car you own to make a different car yeah a lot of customization and and you unlock custom the cool thing is when you when you finally every race has three stars and when you beat the race with three stars it unlocks a ton of stuff like a custom color a custom body style sometimes you do performance up unlocks and so it makes for a fun game when you can just try to unlock all sorts of stuff. Tim, are you watching? I don't have it on, do I? No. I can't see what no, I'm... Sh- but I, I get the idea. Yeah. I'm supposed to have screen share on this whole time. Oh, gosh darn it. I'm just firing on all cylinders today. Um, there it is. So I've been having a blast with this. I almost completed it at this point. It, it also has a story that... I mean, very little one, but cutscenes and to kind of yeah. follow you along. Where his brother or something gets kidnapped, and he, and he's trying to beat these races to go find who the who kidnapped Somebody him. Somebody kidnapped my brother. I better go racing. Yeah, I better race <laughs> to like try to find him. It's a solution for everything. Yeah. Let's go racing. Go racing. Yep. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a blast. It's definitely a throwback, a very retro-inspired throwback. Feels Amiga E, but um, yep, kind of like playable. supercars. Yeah, I suggest it. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, Next up on the list. uh, Ooh, yeah. So this is with capacitors. Tim. Yeah, well, I haven't been. So I, I have been dragging my feet on doing like I replaced the um, the hole through capacitors on my CD32 that you got me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I have been sweating trying to do the SMD capacitors, and I because I don't want to mess it up. Yeah. And I've decided I'm going to do my Amiga 600, but I did not want to do the CD32. So, oddly enough, uh, Frank from Retro Rewind, which he's a sponsor okay. of a lot of shows on the Amigos Gaming Network, yeah. he Sounds now like he might need to sponsor another show. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> he has uh, opened up on his website. He will recap any Commodore equipment, and he has each one listed, and they're very reasonably priced. Um. Wow. The only gotcha is that he's in Canada. So it's very reasonably priced. I think like to do to recap the CD32 it's one of the more expensive ones and it was only a little over 50 bucks. Oh wow. So that's pretty cheap, I think. Is that Canadian or US? No, it's US. It was, it was US. <laughs> it's Canadian. That's only like 30 bucks exactly. US. Exactly. No, no, no. It was, it was translated, but the problem is shipping is outrageous these days. Yeah. So it actually cost me more to ship it to him in yeah. Canada than than the recap itself. Still not terrible. No, and so I sent it today. I sent it today, and um, 
he he see he's he's emailed me three or four times saying hey you know he's gonna he's gonna let me know the minute it gets there he's gonna take good care of it when you pay for it you pay for the shipping back already so it's all paid for wow so probably in about um like three four weeks i'm gonna have it back probably because it's gonna take a week to get there yeah so maybe two weeks it'll be back but then it's going to be all done, Tim. Completely recapped. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, I am. I, those, I am. Those CD32s will rot away if you don't get them done. Yep. Absolutely. Nope. I am. I am on it. You're excited, eh? I'm very. I am very excited, eh? So, so, <laughs> <laughs> so Co- Cody, are you still going to want a CD32, or are you not too worried? Well, of course I want one, but. Um... It's not the highest thing on my list, to no. be completely honest. Okay, well, this, I, I, I got I've my twelve hundred. A couple about recently, and I have been thinking about it for you. But um, yeah, no, that's fair enough. If you're not too worried, I mean, you know me. If the price is right, I'll 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 buy it from yeah, you. And price just isn't right absolutely. CD thirty two. Yeah, see, that was my top of my list. <laughs> I know. I, was... I'm, I'm loving it, and I, I and I and I like. I didn't get it, and was I'm like disappointed now or anything. I'm like. I love it. Like I love making new games. I love playing them on the CD32 with that gamepad. I love the whole thing. It's it's, now you're it's make awesome. Yeah. Especially and and I will say this bundled with the RetroTink, the RetroTink yeah. Mini. Mm-hmm. I hook it up to my big ass TV mm-hmm. and which, you know, I don't usually do with my retro stuff. I play it on my my PVM or whatever. It looks fantastic on the big screen. Cool. With the retro tank, so I just kick back and play like supercars is a good example. That's one of the last games. What was I that played. one we were playing? Because I can't play it on the A twelve hundred. The yeah. uh, what was that one? Um, the one it's like supercars, but with guns, with weapons and stuff. Um, oh, it was so fun. Yeah, and, Road and uh, Rage or something. Roadkill. Yeah, and on Roadkill. 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 That's right. Yep. And on CD thirty two, it's brilliant. It, yeah, it's brilliant on the CD thirty two. So yeah, it wasn't the sounds weren't working right on the A twelve hundred? Nope. So anyway, I'm loving it, Tim, and it, I'm I'm fixing it up. I'm getting it ready. Good. Stuff. Speaking of cars. Yep. Speaking of cars, Tim. Yes. Coop. So um, my Sam Coupe. <laughs> Coop. Coupe. Whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, because I, I I I did last month. I did my um, tea time with Tim on on the Sam. And uh, I want to do a follow up video. So I want to do sort of like a a quick overview of the the hardware of the Sam and all that sort of stuff, so everyone can see it. Um, probably run a few games off it and that sort of thing. Um, I've got the Trinity interface, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, that's really, really that. cool. Uh, but one thing I don't have that I alluded to in um, my uh, section is I don't have a disk drive for it. So okay. um, I have just literally yesterday, uh, per- a couple of days ago, purchased a disk drive from um, Quasar, uh, and uh, here it is. So I now oh. am the proud owner of a three and a half inch disc drive for my Sam Coop. Um, so I'm going to. I haven't even unboxed it or anything like that yet. It's just, yeah, it's in just the, uh, there in the wrapping. Um, anti-static bag. Yeah. So I'm going to go through and fit that on the YouTube video as well. So I'm going to do that all in one. Uh, now, so do you have floppies for that yet or a way to make floppies for that uh, yeah um uh colin who is quasar uh, at quasar so he's the sam coop expert um he 
um, sent me a disc with a few bits and pieces on it as um, included in that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's relatively simple to get get the disc stuff on there using the SAM disc program that I use for creating the um, SD images as well. Um, oh, that so, very simple program. Yeah. yeah. And is that, yeah, exactly. Is that, so Tim, is that new old stock or something? Um, well, the, the drive, I think, is a new, I think he's got a bunch of new three and a half inch disk drives that he bought years ago and is just slowly working his way through them. But the interface okay. is something that he builds himself. So it's, okay. Um, so it's a custom interface for the SAM. It just, um, it just connects onto the back of the disk drive. So I don't know if you can see it there. Um, so it's oh, yeah. on the back of the disk drive, and then it's got the specific SAM coupe um, uh, disk drive connection port, uh, so, it f so it fits inside. Uh, but what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to take the front connect, uh, the front bezel off of my SAM. So when I'm running the disk, I'm just going to run it with the, with the lid off, basically. Um, gotcha. Because I, I don't want to punch a hole in the SAM, because you can't get the 3D, print, uh, 3D printed or the original um front covers for the for the coupe um so i want to i want to gotcha. keep that original and just run when i run the drive i'll just run it on an open case and just run it that way um but yeah that is uh, really cool and i'm looking forward to doing that video and getting that um drive mounted in the sam and see how i go with it nice yeah uh really quick i want to touch on a couple of modern games for old systems i've Dug into my 2600 and pulled it out and started playing on it. Uh, played a bunch of new stuff and I fell in love with this particular game, which was released physically. Actually, it's funny. This looks like a uh, an older version of it, but um, this is called Ninjish Guy for the Atari 2600. Yeah, <laughs> not Ninja Guy or Ninja or Guy, but Ninjish Guy. He's kind of Ninjish, Ninja E. Yeah, it is this really cool, like one screen. A uh, game where you're literally just this little ninja. It's almost like a, a Meat Boy kind of thing, as as you you mentioned to me earlier, Eric. Yeah. Uh, you have these very simple one screen levels where you basically have to just avoid, uh, you know, side on platforming, avoid any hazards which are bright red, so they're obvious to tell what's a hazard, and uh, get to the uh, exit uh, wherever it is on the particular screen. Go to another screen, do it again, and um, I I don't know. It's it's simple. It doesn't look to, uh, like it's a particularly um, like complex game, but just the design, the gameplay design, makes it terribly fun. Yeah, and I've I've been working harder and harder at getting further and further, and every time I play, I get further, which to me is a a good sign of a well designed game. Um, you can actually buy this thing for $45, I believe, for a complete in-box version. Yeah. Or you can hop on itch.io and download it for free. Sweet. Uh, which I did, and uh, I, I'm going to see if there's a way I can send a couple bucks yeah. to the designer's way. Cause it's simple but brilliant. I love it. Yeah, we played a little bit of it before the show, and I really liked it. I thought it was really slick. Cool. Uh, my favorite Atari game, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, Atari games have a certain... Um, they're, they're a bit crusty, especially sure. when I sure. grew up on the NES, so they're already crusty as soon as I was born to me. Yeah. Uh, so to find a game that plays this well and is this engaging to me is is a treat. I also played the new um, release from Cytronic for the C64. Yeah. Uh, called Arcade Days. I don't know if you guys have heard of this one. I have. 
is only three ninety nine. I actually just learned about it today. I somehow missed it. Um, and it's kind of a cool concept. You're this dude running around an arcade. There's 18 arcade machines. And they're kind of, um, to be honest, each you, so you can play each game in the arcade. And you basically have um, a woman and a cat running around the arcade for some reason. Of course. And they're dropping money on the ground. As yeah. they do, yeah. as people oh, just... Of course. You drop money. If you yeah. think think the opening scene to Splash, the movie Splash, remember? Yeah. Kid dropped the money, had to pick it up. Um, and then you take that money to the token machine to turn the cash into tokens to play games. And then you literally have to beat, like, um, one level on each one of these 18 arcade games to beat the game. So you have to collect money, turn the to- money into tokens, play the arcade games, beat the arcade games... And that's the game. And each one of these little arcade games are kind of a, uh, a to be honest, kind of a, they're fun, but kind of a hacky version of a real arcade game, you know. Like, yeah. there's a couple different versions, uh, takes on Space Invaders, a couple different takes on Frogger, a couple different takes on uh, various games. But for four bucks, it's pretty darn fun. Yeah, it looks like it would be fun. They did one yeah. of those um, <clears throat> back in the day uh, called Arcade Classics. Um, okay. And I think they had four games on tape i think it was um by firebird so again it was like you know space invaders galaxians that sort of thing uh pac-man type of game uh but yeah they did did one of those back in the original days and then eric this last one yes this last one which this is a catching up segment that happened just a couple of hours ago (laughs) well while eric and i were playing games together waiting for tim to wake up over there in the uk we played some multiplayer games, and I just recently purchased this because I heard it was a blast, yeah. and I think it was. It was fun. This was a blast. So what is it, guys? Uh, <clears throat> this is Super Blood Hockey. Can you see the screen? I can. Man, th- so this is basically a a two-player hockey game, which I, you can play it single-player if you wanted Actually, to. Actually, you can play up to four players. Yeah, so up to four players, and it is a brutal brutal hockey game where you are you can check other players and lots of blood flies around (laughs) and you we all we did was we played a kind of an exhibition mode at first then we played tournament mode where we're playing different countries and um it's just a it is a hockey game and but but with big chunky retro inspired sprites so it looks like a uh, (laughs) yeah so it's fun so if and we didn't do all these modes if you, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing at some of the stuff I haven't played yet. Um, if uh, if you are familiar with the game Ice Hockey on the NES, one of the original yep. releases, yep, it's very much based on that game, which I actually do love that game. Yeah, it's four on four hockey. You get the beginning you get to choose on your team if uh, out of your four players, if you want them to be a fat guy. I'm just going to say fat guy because that's what he is. He's a fat guy, yeah. a super skinny guy, yeah, or a medium guy. Of course, the big guy, he can um, jostle piece people around and take them out. He's like the enforcer. And then the skinny guy is super fast and can snipe from long distance, and the yeah. medium guy is kind of in between, right? Uh, so it's got that basic mentality about it. But then uh, there's all kinds of... We didn't dig into it yet, Eric, but there's all kinds of modes. We were just having a blast playing the game. It's super comical, super funny. Um but there's all kinds of other modes, like if you play single player, where you actually do a franchise and you actually have to like train your team in between games and you can go to the showers and do things. 
there's uh, like crazy 20 on 20 hockey games yeah. <laughs> where people are just bleeding everywhere. And the, the funny thing is when Cody and I first started, we were not doing well. We were awful. We, we were awful. We were sucking. And then, like, we got better and better and better. And then we started winning game, like winning games and making goals. And then we tried tournament. We got past the first round. And then the second round, we got slaughtered by Canada. <laughs> I think we ended up playing about six matches, though, Yeah, all together. We yeah. played for like an hour straight. And we yeah. were laughing and high-fiving and... Good times. Got good at pass. I mean, it's really nice when you do a nice little series of passes and are able to make goals and stuff like that. So it was a lot of fun. You get pretty pumped. Cool. Cody, and then while, the last one. While you got um, yeah, go. YouTube open there, um, do a quick search for um, Brian's Man Cave. I did such a thing. So, yeah. So click on Brian's Man Cave. I see the man in his cave. So the most recent video. There we go. Space taxi on the Intellivision. Work in oh, progress. Wow. Look at that. That's going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, I saw this on Twitter last night. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's doing a, a version of Space Taxi, which is a brilliant game. It looks pretty good. Game. It definitely has different physics, but in a good way. He's not, I mean, well, he's, he's not sorted the physics yet, so he says that on the video. This is just very, very early development, so he's working on the gravity and all that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, this this looks like... And I wonder, I, I don't know whether he, he mentioned it or not. Did the Intellivision have a speech cartridge, or was I thinking... I don't think it did, did it, the Intellivision? The Intellivision, yeah. It did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it does, yeah. So maybe he's also got support for the speech cartridge in this as well. So we'll actually bring... Pay tax. Yeah, load. exactly. Yeah. So, we'll bring that in. Um, so yeah, sorry, that was a quick one, just just as an aside. Uh, for people that don't know what Space Taxi is, it's my, one of my favorite games on the Commodore 64. It is a Lunar Lander-style game where oh, you're in so a, much better. But so much better, yeah. yeah. But with the gravity, you are flying a little taxi around and you land on different pads... And pick up passengers and take them to other pads. Meanwhile, you are losing gas, so you have to gas up, but you don't want to lose your fares, so you got to hurry, gas up, go and get passengers, take them to different pads. And then when you get the final passenger, a gate opens up at the top of the screen, you fly out. Yeah. yeah. So I love it. So yeah. Cool. And that's catching up. I think we are all caught up. Yes, we are. Which means it's time for us to fight. Fight! Fight! Um, we have a battle of the systems. Battle of the systems. Battle of the systems! <laughs> and fight we will, because this battle is what, Tim? Uh, this is a battle between Barry McGuigan's ch- World Championship Boxing on the ZX Spectrum and Frank Bruno's Boxing on the Commodore 64. Let's get ready to rumble! Indeed. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was making fun. I had to make fun of the... I, I can't take Barry McGuigan that name seriously i don't know the name yeah. no it's, it's yeah i just it's an irish name in this corner where are the red shorts mike tyson and then the white shorts <gasps> barry, barry mcquiggan <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Like, Seriously, you, you wouldn't is... want to say that to his face. <laughs> no, apparently not. <laughs> um, so Barry McGuigan boxing. We're going to start with that one, I guess. Um, so, yep, I've got it up, and you probably have. I mean, I have no idea who this is, what this game is, yep. uh, until I've tried it. So, give us a little insight. I've, shall I've you? got some stats on this one. I have. I must admit, I haven't had a chance to do anything on um, uh, Frank Bruno's boxing, but I've done something on Barry McGuigan. All right. So, released in nineteen eight, I put nineteen ninety five. I was in a rush with this. Nineteen eighty five by Activision on the GameStar brand. Um, it was released for the Specky. So the ZX Spectrum, the C64, Amstrad. And have you guys ever heard of the Thompson MO5? I've heard of it. Yeah, I don't probably, know what it is. Probably from ARG Presents. Yeah, so it's, it's an 8-bit <laughs> micro that was released in France, apparently. So it loaded yeah. from tape. And yeah, there was I think there was about 200 games on it. A lot, lot of Barry McQuiggan fans yeah. in France. <laughs> I guess there is a, there's a core for that on the Mister, but I've never even launched it. Oh, right. Okay. And there's so, not a Jaguar core? There's not a Jaguar but core. But there's a Thompson MO5 That's core. That's right. Correct. <laughs> Good to know. Um, so this was programmed by Troy Linden. Uh, it is, <clears> I love that name. Uh, it's a one or two player game. Um, I don't know. I guess there's the, the, the sparring element of it or something like that. But, um, so this is a bit different. So we'll go on to Frank Bruno's boxing in a minute, but Frank Bruno's boxing is very much more sort of like an arcade style game. Um, whereas this has got the arcade elements in it, but it's also got strategic elements in it. So it's a bit more of an in-depth game, Barry McGuigan's boxing. Um, so this is a side on view as well. So you see the, the sort of like in a 2d, you see the two boxes, um, sort of like one on the left-hand side, one on the right-hand side in the traditional sort of like fighting game style view. Um, so like I say, it's got the normal uh, boxing element, uh, but it's also got the uh, strategy side of things. And you've also got a bit of career management aspect to it as well. Um, so you start out as an up-and-coming pro. You're not actually Barry McGuigan in this game. You're trying to get to, you know, go to, for the title fight against Barry McGuigan. Which is similar to like Mike Tyson punch out on the NES. Right. I mean, that is, to me, that is the quintessential 8-bit boxing game from my perspective yeah. as a... Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, like I say, so you're starting out, you want to work your way all the way up through the, the WBO championship. I don't know whether it's actually based on that or not, but I'm, it probably is. Um, so you're working your way up to fight uh, Barry McGuigan. Um, so Barry McGuigan, who is uh, famous mostly in the UK, but obviously had a fair bit of notoriety around the world. Um, he, in France. Yeah. <laughs> so he's uh, an Irish, uh, so born in Ireland. Um, he mostly um, boxed at featherweight um, and he rose to stardom uh, basically because of the 1980 Olympics, um, he was, uh, I think he was fighting at, might have been bantamweight in the Olympics, I think it was. Um, but anyway, um, he went on to win the featherweight uh, World Boxing Organization, which is WBO title in 1985, when this game was coincidentally released. Um, so as you get into the game, um, you can choose one or two players. Um, you are, you start out, um, if you go into one player mode, you can actually create your boxer. Um, so you can go in and you've got, um, you can cho choose the stats of your boxer. So you can actually choose your, your race. Um, you can choose your, um, uh, 
the 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 color of your trunks, your shorts, um, hairstyle. hairstyle. I remember there was bald, there was bald, and there yeah. was like a full um, hair. Yeah. But also, one of the most important things is your temperament of your boxer. So whether you're sort of like yeah. a big bruiser, whether you're a light on, on your feet missed... dancing around, uh, or whether you're just a complete numbskull, which is normal. You missed a key point, which I which I have. We have to the the game is of an era. And th- when you choose your boxer, you can choose your race. No, I did say that. Oh, you did? Yeah, 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 so the yeah. options were white or black. Yeah. <laughs> Those were your options. I, I skipped yeah. and white because it's like and- <laughs> it's very of its time. <laughs> it's of its, no, it's, I mean, we have to acknowledge it's hilarious because yeah. if you're a white, I mean, obviously you are like uh, spectrum white. Yes. Yeah. Like paper white. Yeah. Or you are pitch black. Like, those are yeah. the options of race available on the spectrum. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, not even of its time. Like, the limitations. Like, the only other color they could pick would be, like, you're green. Yeah. And if we're going to avoid, like, race problems, then we're gonna, not going to be able to talk about Frank Bruno's boxing. But, uh, yeah, but that's, so, that's, so that's, let's... Uh, that's, that's the comedy element in it more than anything. We're, we're going to have to face this square yeah, away, yeah. right? We're going to have to face this. We're so going to have to face this on, yeah. Th- this view, I want to tell you, like, this view of boxing, which I like, it, it reminded me so much of Rock'em Sock'em Robots, yes. like, the, like, like the toy game, where, you know, yeah, hey, you, know yeah. you had that over there, yeah, right, Tim? Yeah, yeah, like. Yeah. Like where you have these roll around and you move the little levers and you their heads punch, pop they, up. Their, their heads yeah. pop up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the idea is basically um, to work your way up through the ranks. Um, you need to fight the other uh, other boxers as you go through. Obviously, there's increasing difficulty um, as you uh, go through the game. You build up your statistics so you can have more stamina as you go through um, to last longer in the boxing uh, matches. Now. There's kind of like this. This is where um, Frank Bruno's and Barry McGuigan uh, kind of differ because you've got the different weights of the boxers. So Frank Bruno's is obviously clearly sort of like a heavyweight match where you're all about getting the knockout, whereas this game is more of a game of stamina, um, a little bit more strategy into it because you've got to get yourself through the rounds. Because although you can get knockouts, it's very rare to get knockouts in the first few rounds. So what what you're saying is this game is um, more boring. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, you could say that. It's got a strategy element, and it's more about surviving the rounds and the time and the stat. I thought it was very interesting in this game where you go and you earn money, and then the money translates into adding different points in for your yeah, stats yeah. which is training basically that part was cool i like that aspect of it yeah, i absolutely. thought that part was really really interesting and that is what i spent the most time kind of tweaking and it did directly translate to the performance of the boxer when you got in the ring yeah. like if you if you if your endurance was really low because you didn't put enough road time in because one of the options was road time like running or whatever yeah. You'd get in there and you'd run out of endurance, and then your punches wouldn't do anything really, and then you'd get knocked. You'd get knocked out. Yeah. So I found it made a big difference in how you allocated your points. And then I'm look here at the after the first round, looking at the fight status, mm-hmm. and it shows each character. Um, uh, Pedro Mar- uh, Pedro Ramirez, by the way, is stark white. Yeah. Um, round <laughs> points. <laughs> uh, I guess one guy is nine, one is ten. Your stamina left, your strength left, your endurance left. 
So I guess that it, d- it diminishes as you yeah as you fight yeah yeah absolutely yeah the the audience is ecstatic and I, I got to the point where the audience was bored <laughs> probably about now like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, reviews on this, uh, they were very good actually, uh, back in the day, um, crash magazine, um, gave it a very strong 88% and, and, oh, I actually Tim's have got a, a physical. review here <laughs> oh, it's wow. got a physical review in, in the crash magazine. Um, so for use of computer, they gave it 91% graphics, 89 Mm, okay. It, it doesn't look bad. I mean, for a Spectrum yeah. game, it's actually. Yeah. I think I would say it looks better in stills than it does in motion. Yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, the playability eighty six, getting started eighty eight, uh, addictive qualities eighty five, value for money eighty seven. It was seven pounds wow. ninety nine pence. Um, and which is a good deal. So overall eighty eight percent. Yep. And uh, Sinclair user gave it five stars, saying it scores as the best boxing game on the market for realism. It knocks the others for six. Mm. Um, more complex than Frank Bruno's boxing. Yeah. Okay. That's that's wow. a fair, just, fair comment. They I just guess. said it. Yeah. They just they just. That's what it. I go for when I when someone says, um, "Do you prefer McDonald's or Burger King?" I say, "You know what? Burger King's more complex." That's right. It is. It really is. <laughs> okay. So let me ask you guys, how far did you get in this game? I mean, roughly, like, you know how there's two rows of boxers and you climb up the stats? How far did you get? Uh, I've got to be honest with you, I didn't get very far at all in it. Um, I, I played it on and off a few times, um, but um, I didn't. I didn't get a huge amount of time on on either game to be honest with you but did you make it to that first row of boxers or do you did you stay in the second row do you, do you know what i'm saying when you're going up the ranks well, you can choose there's two you, rows when you, when you start you can choose whether you're a contender or a professional boxer i think and if you choose contender i think you start on one side and then the other one you start on the other side i can't remember exactly oh i didn't um, I, but yeah i didn't see that yeah. um so yeah, I, I I won a couple of bouts. Um, that that's um, as far far as I got really. Um, I didn't didn't really. Get I, too I, deep I, into it. I, I, what about you, Cody? So I had I'll just I'll just throw it out there. I had more fun playing with the in between stuff. Yeah, and then when the boxing started, I just was bashing buttons. I had no idea. Yeah. I was trying. I it felt like there was no rhyme or reason. I'm like, I might as well just play auto, press auto. Literally, my my wife came in to talk to me about something, and she stopped to like wait for me, like out of, out of respect for my game time, which is awesome and I appreciate it. And I just kept clicking the keys and looked over to her and said, "No, just go go ahead." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I'm just hitting the buttons. Sometimes yeah. I win, sometimes I lose. I don't know. Yeah. I love all the intricacies of this game, but the actual boxing. I, where you know the gameplay should be i think you're actually, oh my gosh I think, you, I think you're actually right there i think it's it there's a there's a lot to the game but the actual boxing is is it is just literally it's a stamina match isn't it more than anything um which it I, is. I guess and that, i guess based on the weight of the boxing the class that you're boxing at that is it absolutely is um you know that that'd be my biggest complaint about the game but i will say i dug in and i like kept i kept failing and then and spending more money and, twe- and tweaking statistics, and I went, I went from the bottom of the second row all the way to the bottom of the first row, and that's as far as I could get, really, without like 
I, I think I could have gotten farther, but I like it. It is it is hard to keep playing this game. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's it's but, hard to enjoy this game. Say it, Eric. It's hard to enjoy this game. It's hard to enjoy this game, but I will say. <laughs> For for me, and I'm just going to give away the secrets here. It was hard for me to enjoy either game. <laughs> so, um, but I, I I did dig into this game a lot more. I kind of liked the elements of of stats and everything. So I, I don't know. I enjoyed my time with this. My two favorite parts of this game yeah. are if you choose a boxer with hair and you get punched in the face. Yeah, your hair like flies back and it looks like you got punched in the face. Right. That's, um, that's, also, that's the other thing I like is when you're choosing the hair, it actually does the does changes your character on the screen. Yeah, and you go yeah. from bold hair to short hair, and long hair is just a little bit of more blob at the back of the hair. <laughs> <laughs> you're blo- it has like a hairnet. Yeah. Um, the other thing, uh, this is a fun fact. I'm pretty sure it's true. The title screen was done with MS Paint. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it looked like it. It looks like somebody tried to write his uh, signature with a mouse. And there it is, Barry McQueen. <laughs> yeah, it's a signature, though. Um, if Tim, if you have some like history with this game and we're just ripping on it, I apologize. No, I, I, I really don't. <laughs> I, I've, I've got it around somewhere for the Commodore 64 and the Spectrum, but I didn't, I didn't even bother dragging it out to load it on tape or anything like that i just i just went straight in um because i was i was limited on time with this one um, did you guys have to dig into like uh finding the manuals and stuff to figure out what the keys did and what the controllers did because both games i had a really hard time trying to figure out like what what did what yeah. i dig i did dig up the manual to make sure yep. that i had figured it out and unfortunately yes i had figured it out it just yeah wasn't good <laughs> right that's that's the thing that's the thing with this although you do need the instructions you need the instructions for all the other elements of the game not necessarily yes. for the boxing part of the game um, right whereas the other game is completely the opposite <laughs> what i wish they did with this game and i know they did a lot of this uh in england specifically with the spectrum this should be called like uh like one of those box like boxing manager like, don't yeah. they have a lot of manager games? Yeah. yeah. I know they did a bunch of simulator. This would be, like, manager. And you do all the other stuff, and they do, like, a quick version of a match and just plays out in front of you. Yeah. And then you go back to the fun stuff, like the micromanaging. Like, that's... If you're into that, this game is good at that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, is it time to rate this bad boy? Batty McQuiggan. Yeah. What's a good rating scale for a for a couple of 8-bit boxing games? Um we could do um uh, I don't know um, <laughs> something like bell rings or <laughs> end of round scores. Yeah, he, like he 10 just rounds, right? his bell right there. Like how how many out of 10 rounds? Yeah, how many how how many rounds did you go with this game? I want to say 3. Out of 10? 3 out of 10 rounds is how far I can make it with this game. Wow. Okay. Tim, uh, out of 10 rounds, how far did you make it? I'd, I'd probably go a little bit higher than that. Um, I'd probably go four and a half rounds. I'm going to give it a five. I went five wow. rounds with this game. And you yeah. actually did. You actually put in some time. I did put in some I time I will admit that as a reviewer, I did not give either of these games a whole lot of... I did not do my due diligence. Okay. I did play them. Yeah. So did I. And and you'll, when we get to the next game, you'll see why. Uh, on this one, I legitimately played it, and um, 
I just couldn't stomach the boxing itself, and that made it hard for me. Sure. I, I get that. Barry right. McQuiggins. Barry McQuiggins Barry is in the McQuiggins books. Bolton. Let's talk about Frank Bruno. Frank Bruno. Now, fun fact, Eric started by playing Frank Bruno on the Spectrum. I did. Yeah. I accidentally, because we didn't, we didn't designate that in the notes in the beginning, and I wanted to get a head start. So I started playing the ZX Spectrum one, and I was like, oof. This is going to be rough. <laughs> and uh, I was not having fun with it. And then I noticed Cody changed it in the notes to <clears throat> the C64. And I loaded up and I was like, okay, this might be something I can get on board. I will say, if this was a comparison between the C64 and ZX Spectrum of Frank Bruno, there's a, there's a hands-down winner. The C64 one's way better than the ZX gotcha. Spectrum one, I think. Now, before we get to the details, which hopefully one of you has... I will say what I appreciate appreciate about this rather boring loading screen yeah. is they have a countdown to how many blocks there are left to load. Yeah. So you know exactly how much time you have to go make a turkey sandwich. Exactly. While you're waiting for this game yep. to come up. And the, and the music as well, which is all this is this is all part of the loading experience on the Commodore 64. Got it here. Yep. So that's that's a, that's a Nova loader. Yep. Yeah, and this is by Elite Systems, which is a pretty popular, back then, pretty popular uh, publisher, right? Yep. Um, so they did games like Airwolf, which was insanely hard. Uh, it was yeah. very hard. And uh, Bomb Jack. Yeah. They converted Bomb Jack. Bomb Jack's a great game. We, we love, especially the ZX Spectrum version of that. That was really cool. And now we'll, Boy as well. Oh, good game. Now, we'll get to this in a second. But I will start out by saying the game starts with a membership code. Yeah. And we'll get to that. If you type in anything and it's not correct, you will start with the first boxer. Yep. Yep. Um, this game is uh, directly inspired by Mike Tyson boxing on the NES. It has to be. It is, in fact, it is it's, a it's direct. Actually, it's a, yeah, it's it's um it's a it's a punch out. It's the arcade punch out. So they based it on that. I'll, I'll let, I'm going to let Tim do the dry statistics here. Do you have the info on this one? I don't, I, I know what I know. Um. <laughs> yeah, because um. the funny thing is, when I looked up specifics on this one, there wasn't specifics because the article that linked to it went straight to the to the punch out article, and then it said yep. this is a. This was a direct port of that. In fact, the first three boxers are the same first three boxers in Punch Out with different names. Exactly. They are not. They have what? different names. Not yeah. at all. That's what it says. Oh, they're, well, they're a liar. I can tell you right now that the very first uh, boxer in Punch Out is Glass Joe, and he's this wimpy little Irish dude. Is not the first boxer. I disagree with that article. Yeah, let me see what wholeheartedly. I know Punch Out very well. Anyways. Anyway, go ahead. The first boxer in this one is... Uh, and they Canadian totally, Crusher? The Canadian right? Crusher, which is a big, you know, bear-style boxer guy. Um, so they totally kept the whole punch-out... Um, well, I'm not going to say... Uh, we'll say stereotyping. <laughs> so so let me, let me... I'll read exactly what it says here in this article on Wikipedia. An unlicensed version of it was released in 85 for the 64 in the ZX Spectrum and the CPC, Amstrad, uh, for the title Frank Bruno's Boxing. It was developed and published by Elite Systems. Instead of the nameable wireframe boxer, real-life boxer Frank Bruno stars as the protagonist of this game, 
Only the first three opponents of the Super Punch-Out arcade are included in the game. Super Punch-Out. Super Punch-Out. Okay. However, their names were changed. Bear Hugger was renamed Canadian Crusher. Dragon Chan was renamed Fling Long Chop. Yep. <laughs> I'm Va- offended, Eric. And Vodka Drunkensky was renamed yep. Andra Punchinov. Oh, Punchinov, yeah. Punchinov. So anyway, that's where I'll stop. But so a super punch out is what super I super punch out in there. Yes. So that's okay. I'm sorry. So that's what I meant. Um, one thing, one interesting thing about this game was Frank Bruno's boxing was the sixth best selling home video game of 1985 in the United Kingdom. Elite Systems later released the game as Frank Bruno's World Championship Boxing on their Encore budget label to coincide with the Mike Tyson versus Frank Bruno bout of 1989. Yeah, big time, big yeah. time. Yeah. So yeah, this this game was um, quite quite big over here, basically because Frank Bruno was really really popular over here in the UK. So it was okay. a complete cash in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so r- rumors has it that essentially what the developers did is they went into the arcade um, with a massive bunch of 10 pence pieces as it was over here. So you had to put 10 P into play a game and they just literally just plagiarized the, the super punch out in the arcade um, and then and did it from memory and, after and then, playing the game a bunch. <laughs> yeah, and then just, just went from there basically. Um, uh, well, I mean, let's 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 not to bear too much on the history of the of the thing, and just let's just, let's talk about the game. So, uh, I just got completely frustrated with this thing to start off with because I just plugged the joystick in like you would do with any normal game, um, and started pressing the fire button to play, and it wouldn't play because it was going through the the demo and all that sort of stuff. And the first thing that really annoyed me about this is you've got to sit and wait through the whole of the demo screen to for it to loop back to the very start title screen before you can actually start the game again <laughs> or start for the first time. Yes, I I ran into that. Uh, <laughs> if we're talking nice. about the way it actually works, I think it's time to mention that it takes forever to load a boxer. It does. When you win or lose against a boxer, you sit there and wait for it to, like, Deload. I don't know what you do. You sit there for a while, and then you go back to the title screen, and to play the next boxer, you have to actually type in a code. Type in the membership code and hope you get it right. And if you get it right, which, here's the spoiler alert, I never got one right. I can't. Right. I couldn't figure it out. Then you have to load from, like, a separate disc. So so I I used a trainer version or a a hack version of it. I tried to. No, well, the one I the one I got worked. Like it just you could put in anything, hit enter, and it would take you to the next, next boxer. boxer. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I want that version. I tried like four different versions. I couldn't find anybody except for the Canadian Crusher. Yeah, yeah. The, no, this one did it. Any so if you beat the boxer, you, you could. It said, "Hey, put in your membership code." You put in anything, and it would take you to the next boxer. So there, there, there are hacks out there that will take care of that issue. Um. So for people that I mean this is the this is the pretty much punch out kind of deal but you're not wireframe it's they're solid sprites. So I guess this is what so anyways if you don't know it is a view from behind your boxer mm-hmm. and you are Frank Bruno in this That's game. That's right. Yep. And um you are it's kind of you're at the bottom of the screen and your opponent is in front of you. Um, and the top almost half, I guess, 
more than a third, but almost a half of the screen, um, is actually a pretty gorgeous layout mm-hmm. of a you know GUI with a picture of each boxer, the time left, um, names, bonus uh, score, what fight you're on. Um, you have a bar that you can build up if you um, get some punches through without them being blocked or without getting hit. Your bar builds up, and if it's all the way full, you can unleash a like a fully charged uppercut. If they call it like super punch, whatever. Yeah, but do a whole bunch punch. of da- damage. And uh, as Tim mentioned earlier in the previous review, uh, the idea really is to knock the other guy out. I mean, that's how you, yep. for the most part, win these games. Yep. And the opponents have very, if you want to call them fun, I still can enjoy them, (laughs) but they are very stereotypical names, which nowadays, if you are sensitive to that, they can be considered offensive. Yeah. Um, So I love the concept. Now, what I think you just explained to me helps me, because on the NES, Mike Tyson Punch-Out was a huge hit. It's one of my favorite games on the system. And I think we even covered it when I talked about games that are better on the home console than they were in the arcade. So this game was based on the arcade. Yeah. The home version on the NES came out after this, then, I'm assuming. I'm doing the math in my head. Probably, yeah. And so that NES feel that I got used to, which is almost more of a rhythm game, where you see the opponent make a hint, you know it's coming, you dodge it, and then you counterattack. It becomes like this rhythm game. Where this is based on the arcade game, which is more throwing punches and guessing. And it's less... um, What's the word I'm looking for? It is less... I don't want to say... I'm sure you still have to get skill and stuff, but it's kind of less... You can't memorize it. You have to... It's more button pushing. Because I I was looking in this game especially, not so much in Barry McGuigan, but I was looking in this one. Jeez, what's that guy doing there? Um... I was I was looking for that rhythm in this because it's you would kind of expect that, wouldn't you? Whereas you you're yep. building that um, the the motion of the jabs, so you're getting that rhythm um, and you're getting more hits in and and that sort of thing. But um, the other thing that I found really really difficult, and I don't know what you guys found, is I think you you've got to press the space bar to do your uppercut or your actual yes. sort of like knockout move, and I could never get it to do that. Um, and the th- the other thing that really frustrated me was that um, even with the very first boxer, uh, once you've actually knocked him down for the first time and he's done his kind of spinning top thing across the ring left to right, um, <laughs> he then comes back and then he does his special move and then just knocks you out every time. Immediately, yeah. yeah. Um, you have to time it just right. To, 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 to dodge it and I, I could never I could never get the timing on that. Now, now this game had also when I, when I grabbed the manual, you could use two joysticks with this one. Am I right? Yeah, it was a twin. It, well, it can be a twin stick if you want it to. Which <laughs> it it was it was. I tried it, yeah. and it was you can't. I don't know who did that. Yeah. No, no one did that. <laughs> I right? was trying to figure it out in my head, but I didn't take the time to plug it in. No. I tried, and I was like, "This does this." This is horrible. This doesn't work. No. And your sticks have to be the sticky ones that stick to your desk. Exactly. Otherwise, Something, you're just yeah. moving the whole stick around. Yeah. <laughs> How do you play with two joysticks and the buttons? Like, it's impossible. Yeah. So You can do it if you use the like the quick shot 2 
Um, so it's got the or the Wico sticks the, with the button on yeah, the top, with the button on the top, and that sort of thing. But even so, you know, it's just so much easier just using um, the, the joystick in port one, I think it is, and then the keys one and two on the keyboard, and then the space bar. Oh no! Um, Box number four is called Tribal Trouble. Yeah. Tribal Trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, it's it's very much of its time, this game. It's not something that you could really produce now um, and it get past any kind of regulation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, to, to look at it, it's an absolutely gorgeous game. Um, you know, nice, big, chunky sprites. There's details in the in the face, in the animations. There's the humor element to it as well with the boxes. Um but um, yeah, if you could, if you could sort of like kind of take some of that um, '80s element out of it, uh, it'll probably probably be um, you know a game that you could actually recreate quite nicely now with a bit of a different di- um, uh, you know control dynamic and all that sort of thing. But um, yeah, it, it, I can see why it sold really well uh, because obviously it, you know it looks good, and even even on the Spectrum, if you if you played the Spectrum version um obviously spectrum versions are traditionally sort of like you know just two colors and that sort of thing and for for this sort of stuff where you've got a lot of close contact action to avoid the sprite clashing um to avoid the color clashes should i should i say um but on this one on the commodore 64 it looks really good um and this was actually programmed by i think it was neil a bait uh, which is the same guy that did Airwolf, which is another game that looks and sounds fantastic, and but frustrates the heck out of you. Um, I don't know if you played the the C sixty four version of Airwolf. Um, so he's very right. good at you know having games that look really well, um, sound quite well, and uh, the gameplay just ends up frustrating you somewhat. Yeah, and I think I, now that I have some context that this came before the NES version. Um, I always just thought they were copying that version, but no. now it makes more sense. Um, yeah, it's a game I want to really like because it looks great. Yeah. Although there's these weird artifacts that like go across the boxers' bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was just like a PAL NTSC thing or something like like my Commodore wasn't doing it right, but no, that's how it is. No, I think yeah. it's just the way that they're because they're, they're obviously I don't know if they're joining sprites or multiplexing sprites or something like that. So I'm guessing there's some some aspect. I imagine I imagine each boxer is probably six to eight sprites, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're gonna have to multiplex, and it's I'm sure it's causing screen ripping and uh, you know screen tearing or whatever. Because of that, but well, I have uh, controller tearing. Exactly. Because <laughs> I was, I wanted this to be my NES punch out, and it was not. No. Yep. No, unfortunately, not. So, what are we going to rate this out of ten rounds? Putting you on the spot. I went four with this one. Four. What did you do with the last one? Three. 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 Okay. I went. I Tim. Went, I went four and a half. Um, I'm going to go five on this one because there's actually more of a boxing game to it if you see it's a boxing game you want to you want to yeah. have that boxing element and there is that element to it once you take away all the confusing menus and the membership code and all that sort of stuff there is actually a boxing game there um, yeah so- and if you get the hack which i did it makes it much more manageable yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I i think i would actually go back and try that just try some other yep. boxers yep yeah um 
So you two like this game better than this game. McQuiggan. You heard it here first. This game is slightly less worse than Barry McQuiggan's exactly. boxing. Because <laughs> I gave the other one five. Okay, you're going down on this one. So I'm going to four and a half on this one. Well, I actually enjoyed McQuiggan better, but what that means is the Frenchy winner f- is ding 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 ding. <laughs> Ding ding, 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 ding. Frank Bruno's boxing wins, even though it's not my winner. Frenchy France. And my, my, the reason I, I went down is because the control for this game is, is the dirt worst. It really is to me. The control on this one? The control on this, Frank Bruno's. Like, I could never, I was just button mashing. I was just like, oh, no, that, man, to me, that was Barry McQuiggan's. This one, I mean, on this one, you have, you can put your gloves down or up. Yep, and you're blocking down or up, and then if you're up, you're punching up yep. with your left or right. If you're down, you're punching down left or yep. right. That's, I mean, it's I, I, but I, I, yes, that is it. But they didn't connect like when they should have. I felt like it. He was like, blocking you. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, you zigged when you should have zagged. I'm blocking it. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave it a lower score, but you guys won. It's over. Frank Bruno's wins. It's over. Impressive. And I yeah. think our episode's over. That is an episode of Pixel Guide In. Tim, how do you feel about this month's episode? I feel it was amazing and everyone should listen to it. <laughs> I feel that it'll be exciting to redo the first half hour that we didn't get of your voice. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a challenge. We're going to figure that one out. Yep. <laughs> I'm thinking of just having you overdub it. Yeah. And then it'll sound weird, and then people will know after the fact, oh, that's why it sounded weird. I don't know what else to do. So that'll be a fun little uh, game in its own right. Exactly. Which I will give two out of ten rounds. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Anything exciting coming up in your retro video game lives this next month, gentlemen? I'm going to wait until, because I do have some exciting things happening, but I'm going to wait until next month's episodes to, to talk about them. Yep, and uh, I'm I'm excited to get going on the Sam and do this up and coming video. I'm really looking forward to that. Cool. And I'm excited to find out what is on this not quite Nintendo Mini. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should do a Cody's Corner on that. Here's some stuff I'm going to plug in and see what's on it. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, right, guys. Well, then I guess until next month. Hopefully, you're um, your respective countries are doing well in the Olympics. Oh. That that's a thing. It is. Um, and if they're not, well, hopefully they had fun. It's a game. We're, right. We'll we'll move forward. <laughs> <laughs> and outside of that, always remember, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.